All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, and it looks like my I have latency problems now that I'm going live, but I didn't a minute ago until just now, right? <laughs> so not sure what's going on, but welcome. I'll have to try and figure it out in a second. Like I said, my, my uh, computer seems to be doing something on its own right this second. And uh, once it catches up to speed, we'll be all right. So hopefully you guys are hearing me okay. This is the Law of One. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. It's Friday night. Show this out, show this out, show this out, right? So, yeah, it's trying to turn on something here. Let me turn that off. Not sure what that was, but it was actually kind of crazy. Uh, my my computer was running fine. I started it early in case there was any kind of upgrades this week, and everything was perfect. And then when I went to go live, all of a sudden it was trying to open up a screen, and then it uh, tried. Then it opened up another window. Casey, how you doing? Denise, how you doing? Right, share this out. Share this out. If you're not saying hi to me in the chat, I don't know that you, whether you're here or not. Right, let me turn off that uh, overlay so you guys can see me right here. And we have the Love One Prime to run question seven. Uh, Session seven, question fourteen. That's where I stayed last week. We'll get uh, into that. We were talking. They were talking about Orion. They were talking about the the uh, Orion Crusaders uh, and uh, UFOs. Right. Um, I never fully rang that out. I don't think. Um, you know, questions were asked about defense uh, against them. You know, one of the things you can do that's really easy as I'm holding onto the microphone, not because I have to put it down for the speakers on the computer. I just got a new laptop. Uh, I bought it because the other laptop I was playing my video game on. I play World of Warcraft and I play Eve, which Reese, welcome from down under. Or I should say, welcome to you down under. Um, so I just got this new computer, so I might end up doing the show from it. Right now, I'm trying to stay off the internet on there except for, for gaming. Uh, who knows, maybe I'll buy another computer just for this show, right? Uh, this one works, but there's no internal microphone and speakers. So because of that, I have to put the microphone down in front of the speakers or up to the computer because it has an, it does have an internal speaker, but not an internal microphone. It's a base unit. So I just got a new laptop as fast as, as crud. It's really, I bought it so that I could play my video game because I like to uh, hunt humans. Uh, well, other humans, and they have player versus player mode where you can go and attack other people. And like them, instead of non-player characters, and that brings a whole new uh, ballgame to the, the uh, fighting. Because it's, you know, overall sword and sorcery stuff. Right? So, um, yeah, I'll be doing that again. I used to do that back when I first started the game. And then once my computer slowed down, I stopped going on raids and attacking other people. Right? Yeah, my, my, uh, it's crap because I'm moving it around and I'm pumping it. That's that's why I have it on a boom, right? So that I don't do that. It sits hovering in the air and I don't mess with it. It's it's because I'm holding on to it. And as I'm talking, I'm, I'm bumping it. And I'm moving around so still. I, 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 I could come out with a lapel mic. Um, let me see if I can... I could put on the lapel mic. Uh, if I do that, I don't know if the batteries die unless you guys tell me, but then I'll have to, again, take that off and set it down for uh, for the uh, um, uh, speakers. So maybe, see, yeah, now I can hear it. The computer's tripping on it being plugged in. Uh, I just heard it go, doodly. How about now? Do you hear me okay? Oh, my camera turned off because I was messing with stuff. See how that happens? <laughs> 
So hold on, let me turn my camera back on. Not that I need the camera on, right? It's just that oh, and now it's defaulting. That's hilarious. Now it's defaulting to um, whatchamacallit. Uh, let me go into the settings here. Um, I don't need it on. I could run without it, but now it's defaulting to oh, it's defaulting to OBS, which it never does, which is hilarious. It usually does XSplit, not not OBS. Now it's default. I don't even think I have OBS still on this computer. I must. I thought I deleted it. I must not have because it just faulted to OBS. That's crazy, right? So, um, and that was just because I reached over and touched the microphone. <laughs> I literally just touched the microphone jack. Um, oh no, then I actually did touch the camera jack, and it, then it, it tripped. See, this is, computer is older. Uh, the, all the equipment inside is newer, but the box and all of the plugins are older, and a lot of shit's been plugged into them over the years. That's the problem if you don't make your own, right? I can pull everything out of there, the guts, and put new stuff in there. But if I don't have the jacks new as well, which is harder to do, that's why I haven't built my own. I should just go back to doing that. Uh, back in the day, those of us who were playing video games, World of Warcraft and other video games, we would build them out of wood and add, uh, and add uh, you know, several fans to them to cool them down. And we would put everything in there, drill the holes, put our own jacks in there, everything. Uh, and it would, and that way you could make a supercomputer, which truthfully. Um, and then we even had zip drives attached and, and external hard drives to, to run programs. And people were like, that's going to slow down your equipment. No, no, not as much as they tell you it is. Uh, uh, you could do that. I ran this game, uh, World of Warcraft. I'm saying this game like wrong, World of Warcraft. I ran World of Warcraft off of an uh, uh, external hard drive while playing player versus player and never had any issues. No one even knew that I had problems. No one said, dude, are you, what are you doing? You're kind of lagging. None of that happened. It depends on your graphics card and your, uh, you know, and, and of course your, how many megahertz you have in your processor and whether you have a dual or a quad processor, the more processors you have, the faster it processes and bing, bada, bing, bada, boom. Right. So I apologize. Uh, I will, I'll try to sit still. We had the same problem last week. As long as I'm, bumping the microphone and moving around it screws the microphone up peter welcome uh welcome from ireland over there so i'll try not to do that but we'll get right back into the law of one uh, we're on question number 14 and as you can see on the screen and i'll and i'll uh, uh, uh you know turn myself off here and go in full screen on this there we go and that way i'm not on and um, we'll go ahead and start so I won't, I've already, you know, we're nine minutes in again. I usually go nine to 12 minutes uh, letting the people share this. Like I said, share this out, please. Yeah, see, Casey said, oh, that's better. As soon as I stop moving and, and stop screwing around with the cord and the microphone, it comes in better. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and, and we'll start this. And if you have questions, please feel free. And those of you listening on the MP3 file, you can't ask questions live. You can still send me uh, questions either on YouTube or from wherever it is that you are listening to it on whatever app you have has a link to send me i believe at either anchor fm which is um, which is done by spreaker which is done by what's that larger company i can't remember the name of it right now uh you can send stuff there and it'll still get to me at uh, podbean.com uh which is when i when i post something that comes out of podbean.com and i uh pay those guys to bring it to you so if you want to send me messages you can go there podbean.com you can go to orionrising slash podbean.com 
and that'll take you to my channel and you can leave messages there uh, or you can email them to me, but I don't always check my email. That's why I don't give it out all the time. It's better if you just go to Messenger and find my find me on Messenger and uh, send me a message that way. Uh, I check that like all the time because I'm in like 100 groups there, 100 different chats, right? So I check that more than I check my email. But when I get stuff that comes from YouTube or anywhere else, I take a look at it. So it might take me a little bit longer to answer you than if you were to jump onto uh, Messenger. You don't even have to go onto Facebook for that. There's a lot of people that I have friends that I'm friends with that are on Messenger that are not on Facebook, but Messenger the app. So that works. Okay, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and, and start up here. And like I said, we're, we were discussing, and they're talking about here, uh, talking about uh, asking questions about Orion. You can see there, right, where uh, John's, uh, John Dawn says, uh, uh, I want to ask about Orion. You mentioned Orion as a source of some of the contacts. So that's where we are with UFOs. So this is where um, where Don gets a little crazy uh, because he starts finding out most of the UFOs are, in fact, U.S.-owned uh, drones and spaceships. And it freaks him out. And he, and he only goes for a little time period here. And I'll give you the, the 411 uh, uh, on... Uh, more stuff that he didn't know. He had no idea. Raw did, but Raw couldn't tell. Uh, he tried to, or they tried to. There's that vernacular problem that I have that we all have. He instead of they. They try to go down and answer what he can, but it scares Dawn pretty quickly, even though he wants to get information on UFOs and wrote a book about UFOs prior to writing the raw material. Uh, was still scared and didn't can, didn't go down that road ever again. He stayed away from that and just stayed on the information that Raw was giving. Um, I guess he felt safe there, more safer, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm not afraid of that. So I, I go down the road that, that less humans travel, right? So uh, here we go. Let's continue here. Is that too low? I'm going to turn the sound up, okay? It should be fine now. I turned it up a second ago. Maybe that lag was you were saying you couldn't hear it when I first started it. Um, so we'll see. I'm going to go ahead and, and restart it. I have my sound up pretty high. as in the microphone sitting in, in there next in between the two speakers. So you should be okay. Uh, but we'll see. If, it, uh, if it's just not playing out, either turn your sound up or put on some headsets because I don't know why the microphone's uh, being uh, the way it's being right this second. Uh, but we'll give it a shot again, okay? Harmonized. Question, 7.15 questioner, what is the density of the Orion group? Answer, RA, IMRA. Like the Confederation, the densities of the map. 
Okay, how was that? And I just did. Can you guys hear that? I'll wait because I know you guys got a little bit of a lag. So I'll wait. You were saying you couldn't hear before. So just then were you able to hear? So please tell me in the chat. So now you can hear. Peter says he can hear. Okay. <laughs> so I did. I turned it up and I made sure the microphone was set directly in between the two speakers. When I first set it down, uh, the speakers were turned a lot further down because I when I do when I blaze um the intro music it's really loud right for me not for you guys but for me so i turned the sound down forgot to turn it up and that's why i said i'm gonna turn it up now and we'll see so let me put it let me go ahead and we'll continue okay as consciousnesses which comprise that group are very there are a very few third density a larger number of fourth density a similarly large number of fifth density and very few sixth density entities comprising this organization. Their numbers are perhaps one tenth hours at any point in the space slash time continuum as the problem of spiritual entropy causes them to experience constant disintegration of their social memory complex. Okay, so I pointed that out last time, and, it, uh, and I remember I always tell you I end up getting ahead of myself, but I pointed that out last time. Right. That and, and when I said, you know, to you guys where they were, the third, the fourth, some in the fifth and some in the sixth, few in the sixth. Right. Because evil can be all the way into the sixth, halfway before, into the sixth. And then they cannot no longer be. Uh, they have to they have to re retrace their steps and become in service to others. So so when so the, the that's where you get this temporal war that's going on, because. You have in the third density, right? Right here where we are in the third dimension, uh, the you know, time is separated. The future, present, and past is all separated into three different entities, at least the way we perceive it. When you leave the third and go into the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth, everything happens now. So the past and the present and the future are all now. So there's a war that's going on between all of the stuff that, you know, between the light and the darkness and all of that that continues all the way up to halfway through the sixth. The difference is in the third, you guys can be on the same planet and live and, and they can hide from us. In the fourth, that, that is becoming extremely hard and it ends up being planetary systems uh, fighting uh, intergalactic wars because you're graduating uh, into a higher plane. So instead of being just turf wars on the world fighting for territory, it's now turf wars in the universe or in the galaxies fighting for territory and then it moves up from there to universe fighting against universe and then eventually it ends and you move into the the higher up portion of the six going into the seventh density and then there's no more evil and everybody at that point has been uh rearranged back to being in service to others and then moving on that's why when people go to the seventh density they don't come back here anymore Okay, and then when you get into the eighth density, you definitely don't ever come back here. And then ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, only thing you do is is people then will channel, but no one ever uh, comes back. So you don't have wanderers coming uh, that often, and that's the scary part because I've met a few people who say that they have come from the twelfth, and then you have the patal who came from the eleventh, and then descended and came back here. That's very rare for people to come back to the third from that high up to do any kind of uh, of, of fighting to help. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why everybody is really watching this earth because the Patal came here, bam. 
And most of us, whether you like to know it or not, or want to know it or not, most of you, if you are, in fact, a wanderer, most of the wanderers that got here and are here and have been here are Patal. Okay. Um, and that scares a lot of people. A lot of people go, no, we're not all from the same place. No, 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 you're not. Not originally. And the problem that people have is when they trace their roots back, right? Uh, you can choose, Denise, good question. You can choose to come back from the fourth or the fifth or the sixth uh, density. You can really choose from anywhere. That's why people are here from the 11th and from the 12th. If you choose, you can do whatever you want because you have free will. But it doesn't happen, or I should say, however, it doesn't happen very often. It's like um, it's like the Patal, the Patal. Uh, let me answer that after I answer. finish with Denise. Good question, uh, Casey. I'll give you that. I'll give you that answer. So the it's it's um, because there's so many people in the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth, and because the third is a child's reality, people that are in the seventh or above don't tend to come back here to to uh, deal with this because they're so far past it. They realize that there's no reason for them to have to do it, and there's so many people below that level that will uh, come here because it's the ultimate sacrifice to do so. So when you're in the higher planes to come back down and possibly sacrifice your soul and get stuck with the people who are stuck wherever they're stuck, whenever they're stuck, um, that is like getting complete. You have no idea how much extra credit that is for uh, doing that because that's, you could lose your, your, your way and be stuck for hundreds of thousands of years, just like everyone else. So that is what Jesus was showing us by descending and being born, by being a wanderer, being born, and then going through the strife of here uh, to sacrifice himself to become the martyr. And when he did, this is why you hear when you read the, the different tomes uh, around the world, that he descended into hell literally descended into hell and then uh, 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 rose to heaven from hell, broke out of hell. That was the the way. That was the same as the Tao Te Ching in the Book of the Way. That was the Jesus, the Savior character in the universe, the Savior showing the way to enter peace by going inside yourself to your hell, your personal hell, and he was doing it uh, in a macro way to our microcosm. He was doing it in the macrocosm. That's why he said the way to heaven is through me. And it was meaning through how I'm showing you, through my method. If you see what I do in my sacrifice, that's the, the proper way. That's why Obi-Wan sacrificed himself to uh, Darth Vader in front of Luke to solidify Luke's path by showing him the martyr way because he was killing Obi-Wan, even though he just met him, uh, and not knowing that Darth Vader was his father yet, that set him on a path to uh, to hate Darth Vader and not want to be like him. And then Yoda calmed and quelled that hatred and taught him that hate is, you know, fear, anger, aggression is the way of the dark side. And it wasn't until he faced his father and, uh, in, and he had to be at peace, and that happened during the battle, and he was hiding from his father, and he closed his eyes, calmed himself, and then he came out, and he uh, and he fought his father, and ended up de defeating him. So that was the same uh, the same scenario being played out to show you 
that, that that's the, the path that you have to take. So when you get to the point where you're in this halfway through the sixth or beyond into the seventh and the eighth, all of that doesn't have any meaning anymore because now you're concentrating on love and infinity and all of righteousness and all of these things. So you don't need to go back and prove yourself even to yourself anymore. So it's rare that people come from that high up. Now, Casey's question, what was the, the Patal? The Patal are a, an entire species that came from the 11th density. Now, you have to remember that by the time you go to the 13th, you're back to God. You are now one with God again, one with the creator of the universe. Okay. So that's why it's so rare for someone so high up, so close to the source to come back. But this race, we, we have shown you on this planet, this race over and over in different guises. And I love to show the people from Chronicles of Riddick, because in Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick himself was a Furian. And the Furian race, one Furian was feared, and they were killed off the entire race trying to find the one Furian. This was the same thing as Jesus and the king uh, trying to kill all of the firstborn uh, uh, sons of, of, uh, of uh, the Jews because the Savior was foretold and they were trying to find the one. It's the same scenario being told in a different way. But only he didn't know he was the anti-hero. He had no idea that he was a Furian until they captured him and they were seeing who he was and another Furian went against his training and saved Riddick and gave him a fighting chance, and Riddick eventually killed the the uh, king of uh, of the the people and the Underverse people, and ended up becoming their leader, uh, which was foretold by all of the prophets. Okay, so one Furian, and so this is the Patal, is what these stories were written about. So this entire race of people, you're welcome, Denise. She said, "Thank you. You're welcome." This entire uh, species uh, decided to descend. And to come down, and they ended up picking Earth uh, because this is where uh, 23 uh, solar systems were taken over by the same nefarious people, the uh, Orion Crusaders. This is why Ra was talking about Orion and UFOs, and we're getting into, into that and more about the Orion Crusaders. So they came here and started their little campaign by uh, tricking the people of this planet into believing that uh, that they were saviors when they weren't, and they took over the solar system, and then 22 other solar systems in this region of the solar of the uh, um, uh, galaxy, on their way trying to invade the center of the galaxy. They're trying to take over the entire galaxy. This one, they're not the only people, but they happen to be in our neck of the woods. Okay, so Jesus came here, and a few other people that were savior characters that were saviors that were venerated that highly in the mythos, in the in whatever you want to call it, in the in the universes, the multiverses, and they came to show us the way and fought and showed us how to fight. This is the story of of uh, uh, you know fighting against the machines in uh, Terminator and the the guy who came back in time who ended up being the father of the guy. He didn't know this, but the guy knew this in the future who his father was, and it was Reese, and he sent Reese back. Why? Because that man was the savior character who taught the human race how to fight against the machines. That's the same story as Jesus teaching us how to fight against evil. Okay. 
and uh, and and he had to go back in time because he knew that Reese. He had to send Reese because Reese had to find his 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 mother, fall in love with his mother, impregnate her before he died, and then she raised uh, her son, and uh, eventually he became the leader of the resistance in the future. Okay, so this is the same scenario again being played out in a storyline in the movie. Okay, so the Patal. Are, are more like the Furian. They're far more aggressive and the baddest motherfuckers in the universe. And the, literally, when they show up, people are afraid. Even though they're in the 11th, they're still willing to come and fight because of their resolve. And they did. And they searched all over this universe to find the best battlegrounds for themselves. And they found this Earth to be needing and wanting of them. So they, as an entire species, billions of them, descended and were born on this planet and have been here for 150 to 175,000 years, defending and fighting, even though that's not really how long they've been here. But it seems like that because in our minds, we think we've been stuck for 100,000 years, when in truth, we've only been stuck for about 80. Okay, and that's why the Vikings showed up out of nowhere. And when you test the DNA of people that have like typo negative uh, blood type or any negative blood type, you find that that doesn't go back past 10,000 years ago. So 10,000 years ago in our minds uh, is or are when the Patal came to this earth. Only in reality, it was more like 84 or 83 years ago when they got here. Okay, that's why Raw doesn't talk about it in 1981 and 1984 because they actually hadn't gotten here, truthfully, until about 1986. Okay, uh, but they knew because they were outside of time, but because they hadn't gotten here yet, the universe wouldn't let them spill the beans because it hadn't happened yet. We discussed that before, we talked about that, where things that I know are going to happen because I, you know, anybody who is close to moving up to the fifth and the sixth or the fourth, fifth. Uh, in their spirituality, you start having deja vus, and what happens is those become further out. The closer you get to your ascension, the more you start seeing the past, the present, and the future all as one. So you have a problem when you talk to people, and I have this all the time. Anyone who talks to me knows that I, if, especially if you literally talk to me to where we're hearing each other, and you'll hear me saying, did, we, did I say this before? Uh, am I repeating myself because I talk to so many people? That's how I play it off mostly. Right. And then people go, well, he's just in his 50s. Maybe he's just old and he's kind of getting forgetful. OK, so uh, so the question Casey says is, so could some of us be Patal and not be aware of it? Yes, this is that's what exactly what I was referring to. And I was alluding to that there is probably a billion people on this planet who are, in fact, Patal and they don't know it yet. They know they're here to fight. They know they're warriors, they, and some of them have woken up, and they know. And most, uh, and most of them, when you talk to these people and you ask them, what is your blood type? You'll find that they're European in blood type, and it's only from the uh, west coast of Spain, just on the western corner of, of Spain. And that's where right now, if you go there, you can look this up and Google it, there's a city there that is 90% typo negative. The rarest blood type on the face of the earth 
and the people who have that blood or the negative uh, in whatever blood, it, because you can mix with other people. I have been mixed with Roman, uh, you know, Roman DNA and uh, Greek DNA as well as Native American DNA. Uh, right. I have some of all of that. I have if you can put all of that together, I have almost eight percent of those three races. I have you know almost five percent of Native American. And then I have three and a half, almost four percent what they call Greek Roman. Everything else that I have is European, Southern Western Europe uh, DNA. And I have the typo negative blood and my entire family is left handed and typo negative, which is really crazy. Right. And everybody that I meet who are warriors have a typo or a typo negative blood type or a negative uh, in their blood type. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the only people who are the patal at all. It does not mean that, right? But that DNA, we believe, came with them. When you show up on a planet, even as a race who comes here, you're, because your DNA is you, it's part of your spirit, when you come through, that has to manifest on the planet in some way that's why we have all the differences of the different races and the different configuration of the different races because and this is why we're genetic royalty because the human race which you have to remember we have africans we have asians we have greeks romans we have this uh these people is uh you know pacific islanders out in the pacific ocean you know, all of these people around the world mongolians all these people around the world uh even the aborigines in australia they are humanoid, but they have subtle differences. Those subtle differences that they have that give them maybe slanted eyes or not so slanted or round eyes or big noses or small noses, black hair, brown hair, red hair, uh, blonde hair, um, blue eyes, green eyes, all of that, freckles like I have, no freckles. All of those differences are different races who have, have donated their DNA to this earth or those people are here and have been here as part of the, the makeup of this earth. So uh, in this place, we're put to sleep. We're mind wiped. Uh, and that is the what happens here on purpose. It's the way that the universe is. So when we come here legally, you can look that up. Jesus said that. Use those words. I'm here legally. Use those words, which is crazy. Uh, you know, 2,000 years ago. Came here legally. When you do that, you are just like anyone else. You're born into a body, and you don't know who you are. And if you don't ever wake up, you won't know it. You'll, you'll be driven by your instincts to help people. Okay? Denise says, my DNA is all Europe and type O plus, but you're type O. Okay? So that is, so that is literally the rarest, uh, the second rarest, because type O negative is the, is the rarest blood type but we're, we're the universal donor typo is the universal donor and whether you have negative or positive doesn't matter so much except for when if you go to breed and you have typo negative as a female you'll have uh, you'll have uh, um, you know you'll lose your baby uh, over and over and over if your uh, compat if your husband or your donor sperm donor is not compatible your body does it rejects any other dna attacks it not a joke. The other way around for men who are type O negative, if you get a woman pres, uh, pre, you know, pregnant that's type A, type A positive, say, or type B positive, she has to take medication. Otherwise, uh, she'll lose the child as well. The child's DNA will attack the mother and try to kill the mother. That's no joke. 
That's not a joke at all. That's why you have to do a, you know, they tell you, well, we want to make sure you're not brother and sister, and that's why you take a blood test. That's not it. They take a blood test truthfully to find out whether you're not you're compatible and to let you know. Now they have drugs that women can take for both. If a woman is typo negative, she can take the drugs and it'll allow her to have the child and stop her body from killing it. And then a woman who gets pregnant with someone who's with the child who might be typo negative, the, she can take drugs to keep the child from uh, her, that DNA from killing her. That's not a joke. You can look that up. Okay. That's not me making something up. Okay. So, so there are billions of people on this planet that are in fact patal. In fact, uh, Denise, she said, wow, um, there was a woman that I was working with about seven years ago and she had said, I, I'm having problems. I don't know what's going on. And now I'm trying to find somebody psychically that can help me. I've had seven miscarriages and I'm 26 years old and I've been trying to get pregnant with my husband and I just keep miscarrying. Is there something wrong with me? Did I do something wrong? I said, what's your blood type? She said, typo negative. I said, you need to go to your doctor and tell your doctor I'm typo negative and I keep having miscarriages. I hear there's a medicine that I can take that will keep me from having a miscarriage and you won't have any more miscarriages and you'll have children. And she's like, what? Why does my doctor not know that? Some doctors don't know it yet because it's not readily available. People don't know this, but now you can look it up and doctors go, oh yeah, here we have medicine for that. Prenatal care to a medicine, but they don't tell you why until you have that issue. And then they go here, you need to take this so it'll help you so that your body doesn't reject the fetus or the fetus doesn't reject your body. Uh, and it's because typo, typo negative um, blood types uh, or incompatible blood types, which does happen with, you know, uh, people because A and B can mix. That's why people have AB positive and AB negative, right? But type O can't mix with like type A and type B. It's weird. But it does make sense. It does. It does. Right. But that DNA, they have figured out in 2015, they discovered that the DNA that is uh, uh, attached to the typo and the typo negative is only 10,000 years old. There is no record anywhere in history that they've ever found that has that blood type past 10,000 years ago. And that is the only reason that that is because the patrol got here. Okay. And they have to have a past when you move into and come into and manifest in a third density reality. You have to have a past, present and a future. There is no beginning today. That was Adam and Eve. That was when the creation created the human race here. And even those people had a past. So the truth is, when was the human race created by God in from our perspective? It was the Big Bang. That's not a joke. Scientists say that. From human perspective, we are in the place the Big Bang happened in this universe, the Earth. Okay, that's another reason why we're royalty being on this planet. It is a sanctuary. It is a history, a natural monument to this universe. Literally, we are at ground zero of where the universe started. Okay? Peter said, here's a little tip. It's just my opinion. But he says, if you... If you build a Faraday room, I was just watching and talking about this the other day, Peter, and it wasn't to you. It's weird that you were on this soft topic as well. If you build a Faraday room, uh, this will stop uh, negative entities stopping you. They should help you to bring in another life. See, agreed, if you have a, a Faraday cage. Because uh, the reason he's saying that is you have to realize that the entities that are out there are aware that people are coming through and the Patal, 
And when you recycle, you're still coming through as the same, uh, same spiritual DNA. Because you have to realize you're not just coming through with, that's why, okay, and I've talked about this before, that's why the Oracle uh, explained to me and made sure that I understood that in my physical manifestation, the reason that I'm a half-breed Viking Celt is because my spirit is a half-breed Viking Celt. So in my manifestation, before I came to this earth, I was a half-breed Viking Celt. And the reason I came through and I continue to come through almost exclusively in this form of one way or another is to remind myself on a subconscious level who and why I'm here so that I will wake up. Okay, so they know as well. And I know the government knows this because they try to recruit us before we wake up. I've gone down that path before they find and track people around the world that have the markers and try to corrupt you in and get you to create for them that which they cannot create. That is why I said we are the dwarfs under the mountain that is in the, the Viking mythos that they're forcing to make uh, uh, weapons for them. Okay, this is what the Orion Confederation, whatever they call themselves in, in whatever guise, because they change their name every generation to a new name. When people get on to them, they all of a sudden spring up with another Illuminati, a different name. Their job is to enslave this planet and have it make weapons for their war because they can't create anything. That's why if you go back to the 28 episodes I did with the Errol, the alien that came here during Roswell, during that cross, crash at Roswell, she was talking about they couldn't even make cats and dogs and plants and animals anymore because no one remembers how to make it. Why? Intolerant groups of people that rule just like our communist countries they don't create factories they rob them from other people the russians did it the chinese are doing it when they conquer someone the chinese are a little bit different they're actually trying to create things but they're using what slave labor once again they're using the uyghurs who are in fact in service to others and they're forcing them to make everything for them do you see they cannot create because they are evil. They don't have the creative ability within them because to have creative ability, you have to be wanting to help others in some way and go, huh, how can I make it easier for people, especially elderly people, to do something? I got to come up with a way because you care about other people. When you don't give a fuck about anybody but yourself, you don't give a fuck to create anything. I'm not creating that shit. There's no fucking reason for it. When I can go and find one of those people and beat them until they create it for me or trick them, whichever uh, method you need to use, enslave them or trick them, why would you tend to do anything for yourself? Make it go. You, slave, fix this. And that's what they do. That's not a joke. So you have to realize that you, your DNA on your physical body is a reflection of your immortal soul as well. You chose the body and the DNA that you had when you came through, including the parents you have. Even if you said, man, I had the shittiest parents on the face of the earth, you chose that. For the lessons that they were going to teach you, you chose that. However, then you have all of the other factors that happen that evil people do evil shit, and that's what Peter is referring to. And they do that. They try to stop the patal from coming through they try to not just them but any wanderer and they try to corrupt them 
and make them go to work for them before they awake and not wake up. That's the whole purpose of television, radio, movies, all of the stuff that they distract you with is to keep you from your own personal spiritual growth so that you won't wake up and remember what they've taken from you. That is the entire secret that Jesus and every other Savior that has ever been on this planet has been trying to tell, show you and tell you. Not a joke. It is what I am trying to, to get you to realize over and over and over by telling you as many parables that I can come up with and show you how people who write books and movies are trying to get past the, the uh, algorithms and the knowledge of other people by giving you this secret knowledge in images and storylines all over the earth in songs, poems, writings, books, movies, everything you can imagine that evil is working on. They have to allow the other side to do certain things. They can try and corrupt it like they did with the Matrix. But those who have the mind to see or the eyes to see and the ears to hear, they see the corruption. But those of you who, who don't, you don't. And that's what happens. And that's what keeps you. But something eventually is going to wake you up because that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. So the Patal are this badass, to get back to that, because Casey said thank you for answering the Patal question. This badass race that came from the 11th density who looked for the hardest fight they could find, the hill to die on, and they chose this earth to come here and kick the shit out of the Orion Crusaders who were here and kick them off this rock and all other 22 other, so 23 total, 23 total solar systems, and all but three are freed. Where do you think the Patal are? They're all on this planet and the other two. Okay? Not a joke. I, oh, I see Allison's here. I didn't see that. Sorry, I was too busy talking, and I looked up, and I saw that there she was. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> okay? So, yeah, I know, right? Casey's like, fuck yeah. So what you have to realize, Casey, is there's a very good possibility because you found me and because you find any other person who is like me and you guys know you guys have other people that you follow as well and you listen to and it and, and then you go you know it's weird because i listen to these guys or these women or these people and they they're all sound alike so they must be telling the truth because they don't know each other but yet they still talk and preach the same thing why because we are of the same ilk we we when you become awake you then start to realize, even though I'm not fully awake in this place and I have more awakening to do, it doesn't matter because the truth is there you you constantly are, at least you should be, unless you're evil, you're constantly growing. So I'm not perfect. I'm not the end all be all. I don't know everything. I'm not all the knowledge of everything in the entire universe at all. I still have growth to do just like everyone else. And I admit that. And, and a lot of people don't and they get full of themselves. They're like, I'm so awake. I have no more awakening to do. That's a person who's sleeping. Okay, so so that's the Patal. They're the baddest motherfuckers in the universe, and they will die when they decide to die on a hill. They will die to the last man. They literally that's where the Viking folklore comes from, that the Vikings would go to war and it was either and the Greeks. These were all Patal attitudes. And, and they it was, you know, uh, on this shield with the shield or on it was what the Greeks told each other. The women or the wife of Leonidas said that to him when he went off. On the shield or with it. That means you either come back carrying the shield or you come back with people carrying your body on it. Because that's what they would use to carry the dead was the big shield that they held on to. 
because it was easier for three or four people. You could have one in the front and the back, side to side. You can get four men to carry somebody up on their shoulders. They could walk with a dead body on the shield, and that's what they did. Okay. So that was their that was their motto with the shield on it. The the Vikings were you either it's, it's victory or death. You when you go, you fight, and because it, the only way you're coming home is to survive. And once you have that mentality, you'll die on that hill. We're going here, and some of us may not come back. There's a song by um, by uh, Amon Amarth, the, the speed metal band. Everyone calls them a death metal band, but they sing about Vikings. That's all they sing about is all the stories about Vikings. And one of the songs, that's one of the lyrics in the chorus of the song. Some of us uh, may not return, but that's okay. Because that was their ideology. We're going on a Viking, because that's where the word Viking comes from. And that means raiding. We're going a Viking. And that was the, the whole word. The people who weren't called Vikings, right? Although it was it was originated from the Vic clan, which people don't know. And they would go a Viking. And that's where the word Viking comes from, was the Vic clan going on a raid. And they would and they said, we're going to go a Viking. And eventually that became Viking. Uh, it morphed into that word Viking. And eventually that was the what those people were end up called, just like the Celts, the Celtic people. That comes from the word Keltoi, which is a, a Greek word that means those people who live up north who are not Greek, literally. Just like the Franks. According to the the uh, uh, the, the uh, people over in the in the Middle East, Francia used to be a place the French were were Franks, and so France was Francia. In fact, some languages still call it Francia. Okay, uh, most of your Swedish Norwegian uh, uh, languages still call France Francia. I think even Germany calls it Francia. No, they call it Frankreich, which means the same thing. Okay. So, so the, the, all of the people that were Vikings were called Franks after they were called the Sea People. Okay? So, so you have to realize that all of that comes from a DNA standpoint not and a spiritual, not just. Your footprint is not just your body, your DNA and your body. It's also the soul that occupies the body that contributes to your attributes. And your attributes come through in your DNA. And that's done that way so you are reminded of who you are and what you are so it helps you to wake up. Peter says, when I was thinking about life in a previous life, I was a Viking. And in, in this life, I ended up playing the part on television. Right? He did. <laughs> in the TV series, a Viking. He was in the TV series Vikings, and he played a Viking. And he was in every single episode that you ever saw. And, and if you ever see, if you ever see pictures of him uh, when he was in costume, which he just posted on uh, a TikTok the other day, uh, a few of them, you can go on his TikTok and you can see him uh, uh, pictures of him and the different uh, cast members on set in in costume and makeup. And you can see who Peter was, who he played in Vikings. If you go back and watch the show, you go, "Oh my God, he was in like every shot. <laughs> he was everywhere." He was always less than 10 feet away from Ragnar or uh, or Agartha uh, in, in almost every episode. Not a joke. He was at, or the Oracle because his character uh, the, in the storyline never really played out, but they were originally going to his character and that blind Oracle that was giving all that was him. That was his character. He was him. And he and he was in do, two places, uh, aging forwards and backwards in time. That was the Merlin the priest that is the Merlin title in the Celtic religion, Merlin was aging in a different way than everybody else. 
uh, if you look, Merlin was older when he was first uh, uh, sought upon. And as Arthur was getting older, Merlin was getting younger. He was aging in, in the opposite direction in time. And that's what Gandalf was doing until he became Gandalf the White. And then he stopped aging. But he, if you look at him when he was Gandalf the White compared to Gandalf the Grey, he had recessed. Even though he was whiter in his beard, he was younger looking. Those are things that play out that they don't, they don't tell you about so much in the movies because then they would have to tell you the whole backstory as to why that's happening. And his character that he was playing in the TV series, I know this because Peter and I have talked about this for many hours, his character was a dual aspect character. He was that oracle, and that oracle was him when he was old, only that oracle was aging uh, backwards and getting younger. And his character, who was the human in the camp, was getting older, and the two of them were going to meet in the future and become one. And a lot of people, then they didn't get to bring that out at the end of the, uh, the show. But that was the plan. Peter and I talked about that. And you could see that playing out in the show uh, that Peter's uh, human character that he was playing, whenever they were showing the, uh, the Oracle and they were in the Oracle's hut, Peter was walking around in circles outside the hut. You could see him going past the door and going past the door and going past the door because he was hovering around them because he and the Oracle were actually the same person. One was old and one was young, but they were existing uh, in the same time, at the exact same, same time as one another. That's a Druid thing that is a, a Merlin thing that was in both of those religions that they didn't really talk about out loud in the storyline, but people who know the the religion saw that. And uh, so, yeah, Peter's character was pretty badass. Okay, so so that that's the patrol, and that's where you get the stories from that. I know that was a long, drawn-out process, but it's actually very important because um, there were so many of them that came here to sacrifice themselves like all other wanderers. And the majority of the tigers or the lions uh, on this planet who are standing up and fighting, when you talk to an oracle, you find out that uh, you are actually a patal. And the patal came from Orion, chasing the Orion Confederation, okay? Or the, the, Orion, uh, the Orion Crusaders, as they called themselves when they left there. That was 176 or 78,000 years ago by our uh, uh, perception of time uh, when they left there. And uh, those of us who came here chased them uh, and came here to follow them to kick their asses. And some of you who are hearing my words out there on the planet, you are part of that race. Okay, And even if you're not, you're either a wanderer or you're a patal or you're a human that is equal to because you're about to wake up or you're waking up. So the truth is, you're just as much of a rock star as all the rest of the people who are here fighting. And that's one of the things we're trying to teach everybody that's here, is that you just have to realize that you're badass, right? And that's where Peter said, we're all part of the same density uh, of the human race and the awakening one, the awakened ones. And that was what he was referring to, was what I just said. Uh, and, and so you guys have to realize that, right? So when you think about life, this is Peter talking again. I'll put it up on the screen so you know it's not me saying this, but it's Peter. Oops, he said two things. So I'll put that up on the screen. So when you, when you think about life in, a, in the, in the uh, what is that, the pervasive life, I was a Viking. Oh, in the previous, I'm sorry, I already said that one. This is what I was trying to bring up. I brought up the wrong thing. Right? So, so John Kavanaugh played the seer in the Vikings when the story died, uh, right? When, when the story died, what ended the density of the two uh, uh, swords 
what is that? Kaleidus collided, I guess, going to going to and now somebody else is talking, it's kicking it up. So going to a harder parts, uh, and it says ear. This is Peter speaking in his Irish accent, is tripping out his app and it's not coming through as, as legibly. And this is why my uh, my car, what my car does, Gunther, the gold hoarder, just said it. Let us know where we're one. See, so that that's part of uh, what in, in the movie that or in the TV series that's part of. Uh, he's talking about the lines and part of uh, where where that uh, why he said what he said uh, about the the gold harder. Just let it be as uh, known as we are one. Um, so that, so that's what he's explaining there. But what he's talking about there, of course, is, is that dual aspect of, and, and the separation of past, present, and future playing out in the now. And they were showing as we ascend into the fourth and the fifth, you start, you start realizing and being able to see that which is past, that which is present, and that which is future all happening at the same time. And they were bringing that to the oneness. This is what he's talking about. And that was what they were doing in the show. So here's here's someone who made this, this movie about true history. And they were showing you what was legendary. And they tried to do the same thing with the Merlin character in all of the Sword and Stone books and movies. Uh, that the Merlin character, the Druids, believed this. They believed that there was the dual aspect or the, or the Trinity, this is where you get the Trinity that became the Christian Trinity, was the past, the present, and the future. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is the, the, the Father, is the past. He's the crone. This is the same way in, in Wiccans, mother, maiden, crone. You have the old woman, the young woman, and the dual aspect of the two, which is the, the mediumship somewhere in your 30s. Okay, so you have the mother, which is the life bringer, the life giver, the maiden, who is the who is the 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 now the woman who can bear fruit, right? So you've now you've been born of the mother, you become the maiden, then you get pregnant, and then you become the mother, and because you give birth, and then you become the crone, which is the old woman. That's the same in the female aspect as uh, the Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Spirit. Enomini patri, afili, a spiritu sancti, I say in the uh, in the uh, old Latin. Uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the same, uh, uh, you know, triad, or, or uh, if you will, right? Or, or you know, trilogy, uh, Trismegistus, three times great, Father, Son, uh, and then the Holy Spirit is the perfection of the dual aspect. And this was being played out and showing in the Viking pantheon. And that was the characters that Peter Coyle played. He played one. There was another actor who played the other part. That's what he was saying. John Cavanaugh played the oracle who was blind. And uh, Peter Coyle played the young oracle who was now becoming. Uh, and the old oracle and he were going backwards in time uh, and forward in time. And they would eventually meet as one. And that was where he was explaining uh, where he says, where Gunther says the gold hoarder just said it and the gunther the gold hoarder said it let us know that we are one okay so that is that is uh, the the quote that comes to show uh that was supposed to show that trilogy and so we have that in christianity and it's in everything and that jesus was trying to show that as well and that is where you're supposed to find yourself and your balance is by not just your past and your present becoming one, but your light and darkness becoming one. You, you 
then looking at yourself and changing yourself and, and accepting there is darkness within yourself. This is what Ra is teaching and has been. And the, it, it is the same. And you'll, we'll get into this. I'm getting ahead of myself again, but we'll get into this uh, quickly. Uh, and that that trilogy, that triad, that that, uh, you know, uh, oneness only comes from you accepting the fact that you there is a future, there is a past and there is a now. And when you start focusing on the now instead of focusing on the future or focusing on the past, don't live in the past and don't live in the future. Focus on the now. That's the only way you can focus on the now is you have to accept your past and you have to accept your future and you have to make your future now. So you have to accept your past and accept all about yourself that was and then accept all about yourself that may be or that will be because you decide now what you're going to become instead of looking into the future and saying, one day I want to be. No, be the change you want to be. Mahatma Gandhi said that. That's where we get that hashtag be the change from was a direct quote from Mahatma Gandhi. Be the change you want to see in the, in the world. That is exactly the same scenario when you accept yourself in all aspects good bad indifferent light dark indifferent past present and in, in future indifferent and then you decide i am going to be now what i want to be you will become and that is the pneuma that goes all the way back to ancient greece and the spark of life becoming being okay pneuma that word pneuma means oneness it actually means become means the the spark of life the love of god and the only way you can accept that is to become your potential and the only way you can become your potential is to balance the light and darkness the good and the evil the all of the good things and all of the bad things you've ever done and thought and, and and said and accept them all and forgive yourself for any of the indiscretions or discretions of everything that has happened to you or is going to happen to you or did happen to you or that you have done unto others as you would have them do unto you and then stop doing bad things and choose good or stop doing good things and do nothing but bad. Make the decision, shit or get off the pot. And then if you are in service to others, you will then, it'll be easier for you because you accepted yourself now right? You've done the shadow work. That's the shadow work going into your own darkness. That is where the devil is. Okay. And this is what Raw is teaching throughout this entire thing as an undertone. Even when talking about this, that's why they keep saying, learn, teach, teach learning. That means light, darkness, darkness, lightness. You don't learn without teaching and you don't teach without learning. And how can you do that? You can only teach by learning and you can only learn by teaching. What? That doesn't sound right, but it is. Do you see? So the only way that you can teach someone is you have to learn something first to know what you're talking about, to be able to teach them in a proper way without fooling them in a way that they will actually learn. So you have to learn to teach. Right? So you have to teach, learn, or learn, teach. But you have to do both to be either or other. If you're going to be a student, you have to learn, and then you have to learn how to teach. But you can't learn how to teach without learning. And that way, and on the other aspect, you cannot first teach without having learned. That's why it's called learn, teach, teach, learn. All right, I'm going to continue with the, uh, talking about aliens here. But quickly, you will see, uh, if we get to it today, Raw will jump right back into what I was just talking about, what Peter was ringing out. We tend to get a little ahead of ourselves sometimes. We, I apologize for that. But it does happen, and then I'll go, see, this is what I was talking about, like I just did a minute ago, or earlier before I went on this tangent, right? 
if we decide to come back, here's another question. If we decide to come back, do we get to choose our parents, et cetera, again? Yes. Yes, you do. Every single time. Every single time. You've signed on with a family unit of people that is either here now or will be or was here. Your grandparents, your parents, your children, all of those people, you guys all decided to be together. Not only that, sometimes maybe your grandparents uh, or your great-grandparents don't manifest in the lifetime that you're in, but then they're over your right shoulder as a guide, and their spirit is actually still guiding you and your spirit. So you sign on with a group of people, and you find each other worldwide, uh, and you're drawn to each other worldwide. That's what we call twin flames. That's when you call uh, you know, your other self or uh, you know, whatever you want to call soulmates. All of that stuff, people that you know you're going to be with, uh, to be in their lives. And then some people you sign on to to be in their lives for a short period of time and then not for the rest of your life. Do you see? And that happens. People come into your life and you mean something very dear to them for a few years. And then you graduate away from each other. You gradually uh, drift apart. But they go, I remember when we were, man, I, I so needed you when we were kids. I loved you to death. And if it wasn't for you being around, I probably would have got into so much trouble or killed myself. And so that was you had were there for them in that time. So before you come here, that's a great question, Denise. Let's say today you die. You will then go to the place of healing first to make sure your soul is in a good place. And your transition from this human body to spirit body is is uh, guided by your guides and people around you. OK, and that's where when people have out of body experiences and they, or they do DMT or they do ayahuasca and they say, I was out of my body. But there was there was entities there that were telling me everything's going to be OK. You're OK. Don't worry. They're helping you in that transition so you don't freak out. That's not a joke. That happens to every person who ever does that in some way or some aspect in, in, in a translation. Sometimes it's different because every individual sees things differently and gets things differently. When they come back to this body, they might explain it a different way. But those who have the ears to see or the eyes to see and the ears to hear, uh, and the brain to know, oh, they're awake enough, they go, oh, that was their guides. They just don't know what it manifested as hippos that were talking to them, dancing hippos that made them, because when they were kids, they, the, the dancing hippo cartoon or something in a, in a cartoon made them feel really, really good. And so in their minds, they pulled in the dancing hippos. I'm just using that as a, as a vernacular, as an example. Okay, so you then, once you graduate from here and you move into the etheric plane, you're in the place of healing. And then once you're done, you go to the place of reflecting. And when you go to the place of reflecting, you sit down uh, proverbially, proverbially, sorry. You sit down and you look over this life that you just led and you say to yourself, did I learn the, the, the things that I set out to learn that I put in front of myself to learn in that life? And how many of them did I not like the way it learned? I learned it or I didn't ever learn it. And I'm going to add those to my next lifetime. And then I'm going to add this extra stuff on that I still need to work on that I didn't work on in the last life. And then you design your life. You and your, gu your guides sit down and design your life. Who am I going to be born to? Am I going to come back in the same family? Or am I going to come back in a different family? Where am I going to be born? Right? So, sorry, uh, Julie said, sorry, I had to reload. Uh, wasn't seeing anyone else in the comments. Oh, that happens sometimes. Uh, well, I'm glad you're here, <laughs> right? So then, then you decide who you're going to come through as and who you're going to come through. 
and who your parents are going to be and who your uh, siblings are going to be if there's going to be any. Uh, and then you come through. That's no joke. Every single time you come and design your life, that's why people go, why is God letting this happen to me? God's letting it happen to you because you have free will. You chose your life. And then when you get here, you are in charge. You have complete free will, complete autonomy, complete carte blanche, however, you, whatever word you want to use that makes you understand that, that vernacular it, to do whatever it is that you want to do while you're here. And then uh, in the process, you're going to have a bunch of shit thrown in your face that you set down uh, elective credits that you chose that you're supposed to learn, whether it's I'm supposed to have uh, people die around me uh, and I'm supposed to learn death and and that part of, of forgiveness and that part of life. That'll happen to you reoccurring to you until you understand it. So if you don't get it, you ignore death, but you set that down for you. You're going to have a dog die, a cat die, a bird die, your brother dies, your cousin dies, your friends die. Everybody around you is going to die until, because that's the way the universe works. It'll keep giving you death making you be there to see other humans die uh, that you might know or have heard of or witness death. When I was younger, apparently that was one of the things I needed to work on because I don't even, I haven't even counted because I lost count when I got into the triple digits. This is not a joke. I'm not making this up. I, for some reason was, it was placed with people when they died and witnessed people die hundreds of time and uh, different times. And not, not like I was on a battlefield and I saw uh, 75 people all die at once. No, nothing like that. Okay. Nothing like that. I would drive up. There would be a car accident. I would jump out, run over, and somebody would die in my arms. Uh, I would be somewhere. Somebody would get shot and I would see them get shot and killed. I, they would drive off a cliff. They would, you know, I watched a guy fall when he was parachuting and bounce off the ground three times from hitting the ground. Boom, boom, boom. And then he stopped bouncing. Watched him come all the way down. Uh, boom. Why did I witness that? I don't know, but it was put in front of me to witness and many, many, many times. Uh, my brother and I medium into our lane and we got a flat tire okay yeah Casey said you were meant to be there in every one of those instances yes I was yes I was and I knew that at a very young age that it wasn't bad luck when some people go, I don't know what my luck is but everywhere I go people die around me I knew that I was supposed to be there in some way to help those people be sent off and my father-in-law had the same thing happen to him, and it really freaked him out. And I had this conversation when I was 19 with him, and it helped him. Because he was an atheist, and it wasn't until he, just before he died when he realized, because there is no atheists in death, just like there is no uh, conscientious objectors in war. You get in war, and people are trying to kill you. Eventually, you get tired of hiding, and you start fighting back, right? I'm not, I'm not here. I'm your, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. The enemy doesn't care. They're going to shoot you just as dead. So you either just stand up and get killed and get out of everybody's way, or... You trust in in the process, and you end up fighting, and that's or you run away, right? I mean, that's the truth of that. So the same thing in death. So there was a car accident right down the street from his house. He heard it. That's how close it was to his house. He ran there, and there was this woman who was in the car, and she was dying, and he held her and talked to her, and she died in his arms while he was there for her. And he didn't know that. He didn't understand that because he was an atheist. But he came home, and it was really fucked up. 
Uh, and I came over and they told me the story. And he told me the story and I set him down and I said, I know you're not going to believe this because you don't believe in an afterlife and you don't probably believe because you don't believe in God. So you probably don't believe in an afterlife. But this is what was going on. And this is why you were there for her. So she was not alone. Uh, you were there to see and witness that thing as well as helping her, even though you don't believe it, your soul does. Your spirit does, and your spirit was helping her to transition, and she didn't die alone, and she wasn't afraid. And he said, you know, she told me that, that I wasn't afraid because I, I was there. She was not afraid because I was there. She said, thank you, and I know that I'm dying. And he said, no, you're not. No, you're not. They're coming with the ambulance. He was trying to save her. You're not going to die. You're going to be okay. And she looked him in the eye, and she said, thank you. And then she died. And it fucked him up for a while. And then when I said what I said to him, he still shook his head, walked away, and I thought, okay, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. However, I found out later that he, he said he thought about it, and he'll accept that there's a possibility that there might be life after death, but there still is no God. <laughs> and, and then, of course, just before he died, he looked at his daughter on his deathbed and said, you were right. That's what the, the scene with Darth Vader when he died and uh, Luke was saving his life and he was dying and he said, Luke, I want to see you with my own eyes. He took off his helmet and he said, Luke, you were right. And then he says, you were right about me. Tell everyone, tell your, tell your sister you were right. Because at the very end, he, he gave in to not the darkness anymore, but he gave in to the light. And he wouldn't have done that had Luke not been there for him and forced him to make the decision of light or darkness, and he chose love over hate and saved his son and sacrificed himself. And by doing that act of sacrificial, this is what we talked about last week with, with uh, the, the movie Constantine and the story of Constantine, him sacrificing his immortal soul to save her soul, literally going and taking her out of hell and saying, I will go to hell in her place, that sacrifice is the same sacrifice as that a wanderer uh, 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 gives to the people that are stuck. I will literally go to hell with you and help you escape from that prison. That is the prison of the mind. That is actually what we consider hell. We just have told ourselves that hell is a separate place that is outside of us. And that if you go do bad things, that's where you go. The truth is, if you do bad things, that's where you reside. It is all inside of your mind. Okay? So, right? And yeah, Julie and, and Denise for going through the hardships and the lessons that they have done in their early life. And still, you know, we all spend the second half of our lives repairing all the damage done to us by the rest of the world in the first half of our lives. And some of us go through hideous shit. And that's what Casey is referring to right there for those of you who are seeing the chat and don't really know exactly everything but denise said my mom died when i was nine and i guess she chose that my dad uh, raised the two uh, my father died when i was 19 and i knew he was going to die my brother and i had this conversation we just talked about it not too long ago we went to see him in the hospital and he started telling us where everything was and what to do take care of your mom take care of your sister do this this is where this is this is where that is my will is here, the copy to the, the, you know, pink slips for the vehicles, the house, all this stuff. This is where it is. My life insurance is here. We're like, your dad, what do you just, just listen to me. He's telling us, okay, do this stuff. Do this for me. He knew he was going to die. He knew it. And he said, I'm not coming out of this hospital. I'm going to die. And he was fine. He had had a heart attack, but he was not dying. 
Well, as it turns out, Coumadin was an, was an experimental drug back then. They gave him too much Coumadin, and that's how they learned not to. They gave him too much Coumadin, and uh, it thinned his blood too quickly, and he had a blood clot that broke loose and went to his brain. He died from a brain aneurysm, but he knew that he was going to die. He didn't know that it was going to be a brain aneurysm. He just knew that he wasn't coming home. This is it. This is my, the end of my journey. Okay, so when he didn't say those words to us, but we got that from him. And when we left, this was on the uh, on December. What was it? It was the 27th. Yeah, the 27th. So it was right after Christmas. Or maybe it was just before. No, it was right after. It was just before we saw him on Christmas Eve. This was Christmas Eve. And then he died. We didn't get to go back and see him because we had Christmas, Christmas Day. And then he died in the wee hours uh, of the night, which was now the 27th of the of the day of the 26th. So we didn't get to see him for two days, and he died before we got to see him. So on, uh, we took presents to him on Christmas Eve. So you can imagine what Christmas has been like for my family since then. It hasn't been the best uh, holiday, but I've gone the opposite, and so did my uncle. We went the opposite way and played Santa Claus and tried to and did that for our uh, family as well, but did it for schools and churches and and uh, all over this place. And I, in fact, I inherited his Santa clothes, and that's why I still sometimes I'm not doing it this year. But some those of you who have seen me in the past for the past three or four or five years, every year I grow a Santa beard because I play Santa. This year I decided I wasn't going to do it. Um, just because I just didn't feel like it, not because Christmas is coming. I don't feel like that. I'm just like, you know, I'm tired of growing that big ass beard. Uh, maybe I'll do it next year, but I grew it that one year for two years and grew that big long one that I have pictures of that you guys all know about. And, and then I got rid of the Santa clothes and gave them to another person and handed them off, right? Pay it forward, right? So we went the opposite way and I still make a big deal out of Christmas and I still take pictures of, of the Christmas trees and the decorations and all this stuff, and I worked in retail, so I was involved in selling Christmas things. I did all of that to to be the opposite and not willow or wallow in the past that uh, of saying Christmas is crap because my father died because of that. But when we were leaving the hospital, my brother and I literally walked out the door, turned around, waved to my father, and he waved, and we walked out the door. My brother looked at me, my younger brother looked at me and said, we're never going to see him again, are we? And I said, no, we're not, but we can't tell the women that. They'll learn it when they learn it. Okay. So the night that he died, they called my mom and my brother and I were both still living with my, with my mother. We had moved back home. We were living with my mom. My dad was in the hospital. My mom was remarried at the time. And, or she wasn't married yet, but she was uh, with a well, boyfriend. And my brother was out partying uh, and I was sleeping. And my mom came in and said, somebody called from the hospital. Your father just died. And then everybody in the house got up and we were in the kitchen. And about an hour later, my brother came home and went, what happened? And he knew. He told me later. He knew. When he walked in the door and he saw the lights on when he got home, saw the lights on and saw that we were all in the kitchen, he knew my father just died. And that's why everybody's up. He walked in and said, what's going on? My father died, didn't he? And I said, yes. He said, I knew it. And he came in and sat down and we made all the preparations. But my brother and I both knew it ahead of time. Uh, and, uh, and we were, you know, that's, I think harder than if you don't know, you don't know it just happens when you know it ahead of time, you're waiting for it to happen. Cause you already know it's going to happen. That's kind of sucks. Uh, that's part of that, uh, part kind of sucks when you, when you know something and, and if someone already tells you that it's going to happen. I had a dream a month prior to that. Anyways, I had a dream a month earlier before I moved back in. That's why I moved back in with my mom because I knew it was coming. I was actually living uh, with uh, buddies of mine and I woke up crying. 
And my buddy said, what's wrong? Dude, are you okay? What are you, you're crying. And I said, my father died. And he goes, just now, did you get a phone call? I said, no, in a month. And he says, what? Okay, you were dreaming, dude. And he didn't believe me. That day, my father came over. It was before he had his heart attack. He came over and picked me up. And he and I went motorcycle riding together. And I didn't say a word to my father. But I knew he was going to die when he was going to die. Knew that, so I already did my mourning by myself. I already had the feeling and cried and was certain. My father did the same thing. He woke up in the middle of the night crying. And my mom said, what's going on? And he said, the phone's going to ring. In 15 minutes, they're going to tell you my brother just died. And it happened. That's the weird thing about my family is that we know that kind of weird shit. When I was up in the mountains and there was a fire up in uh, Gray Eagle, uh, up in the up in the mountains of, of California, I went up there with a buddy of mine to go to his cabin to cut back all the brush around his cabin for that purpose. And uh, there was a fire that we didn't know about in the other valley, and it was coming towards us. And we didn't find out about it until the next day when we saw all the smoke. And then we were listening to it on the radio, and then people came down. Firefighters came and told us, we're evacuating this area because the fire's coming. We're like, we're not leaving. We're going we're gonna to save our, this cabin. And they're like, we can only let you be here for a certain time. We're turning the water off already. And we're evacuating everybody. You guys, are, you have to be listen to this radio station, and we have to have your name. We have to have uh, contact for you in case something happens to you because you're not, you know, you wouldn't leave. So we stayed there until literally the fire was going to jump the highway, and the only way for us to get out was to drive north 100 miles and go around the the mountainside, uh, around the to the next valley over to come back around to go home. They came up and told us you have to go now. You're the last car that is not firefighters. And you have to leave right in a second. So we grabbed our shit. We hopped in the car and we drove. I had all kinds of pictures. I wish I could find them. I had pictures of the firestorm when it was about to jump the highway. And we drove through that. And literally, there was a, a two-mile long. Imagine this. You're driving for two consecutive miles. And there it's bumper to bumper going the other way. And they're parked fire trucks for two miles just parked because the fire is coming right at that highway. And they literally set up a fire line. With two miles long, I had pictures of that too. Helicopters, planes flying over, dumping stuff on the fire, trying to stop it. Fire jumped the highway, went up, and we came back that night after the fire swept through to his cabin in his area. We drove back to find out about it. And when we got there, they were putting out the hotspots, and his cabin was still there. And they said the only reason that they saved that cabin and all the cabins uphill from that was because of what we did for the three days we were there before the fire got there, that they were able to come north when it shifted north and come to this place because the guys who came and got us out remembered how much we had cut back. And there was a ball field, an old baseball uh, field across the street from his cabin. And we went out there with weed whackers and cut that down too and made this break that was more than a thousand yards straight ahead, not knowing it was going to come from the south. We just did it to, to have this big giant break around the cabin and then cut back around the cabin by, I think, uh, 200 yards, I think, around the entire cabin. Uh, and because we did that, that gave them this huge swath that was 500 yards wide and 1,000 yards long uh, of a fire break that the fire would have to jump over. And all they had to do was, was put out a few trees and stop it right there. And they, they, when we got back, there was big uh, tire tracks and tank tracks in the dirt and everywhere. And there was still machinery there. And there was firefighters putting out tree stumps that were, uh, had been fired and they had burned and they knocked them down. And uh, they said, yeah, whoever owns this cabin was up here. And we were like, that was us. We were here. 
We left here about eight hours ago and came back. And they were like, well, you guys, they said you guys were here for like three days doing this work. And we're like, yeah, we did. We, for three days, we were we worked from, from sunup to sundown for three straight days, cutting this all out, trying to make a fire break. And they said, well, the people that live north of you should thank you because you saved more than 200 cabins that are up in this north woods up here in California because we stopped the fire here because of what you guys did right here. Did we win any awards or get any acknowledgement for it? No. Were we on the news? No. No, nothing. No one ever uh, knew that we did it except for the firefighters that did it and us. And I tell the story and my buddy Scott tells the story and people are like, yeah, sure. And we're like, no, really. We just didn't get put on the news for doing it. But while we were there, no one knew where we were. We didn't have cell phones at the time. It was before cell phones. And everybody was worried that we were dead. And when this happened, my mother called my brother and sister, called All Points Bulletin to the family to converge on her house. Does anybody know where your brother is? Uh, and my brother said, my brother Jeff said, he's with Scott up there in that fire. And they called Scott's parents. And Scott's parents said, yeah, the two of them went up to cut back the family cabin. They've been gone for four days. And nobody knew where we were. And they thought we were dead because they all looked at the news. And the news said that it had jumped the highway and was burning up there where that cabin was. And we were nowhere to be found. So we, they were just certain that we were dead. They were checking hospitals and morgues all over the place. They called and had our names listed to the people of people who were missing in that back country. And word hadn't gotten out to them yet that we were okay. And we didn't know any of this until we drove home. And we showed up and we literally were wearing the clothes we had been wearing for three days. We smelled like goats. And we were covered in, in dirt and dirt and of grass and and you name it from us doing all that work we couldn't even bathe because they turned the water off so we we come pulling up at scott's parents house his house was closer to the freeway than mine so we went there my girlfriend was camped out at my house with my family and his half his family was at my house my family's house and the other half was there in case they we showed up we walked up and opened the front door and his father first <laughs> first thing we hear is god damn it <laughs> he says God damn it. He comes out from the kitchen and sees the two of us. He says, you look like hell. You need a shower. God damn it. We thought you were dead. And you, he points at me, you need to call your family. They're scared to death. Everybody thinks you guys are dead. What the hell happened? No, go take a shower. Then tell me. So the two of us ran in. He says, you call your family first. So I called my mom's house and said, I'm alive. But while they were up there, my brother said, everybody say, I'm sure he's dead. My brother said, no, he's not. He's his father's son. My father was a firefighter. He's up there fighting that fire. My brother said that. He's fine. My, all my sisters said he's not dead. We would know. He's alive. Wherever he is, whatever he's doing, he is not dead. My mom was like, how do you know? They're like, because we just know. He's fighting that fire. He's our, our father's son. He's up there fighting the fire, which is what we were doing. And so then when I showed up, of course, Everybody was like, what happened? Oh, my God. And we went out for pizza, the, the three of us, Scott, because he came with me to, to see the rest of his family and mine. And then we went out to pizza, my girlfriend, Scott, and, and myself. We go back out by his house by the freeway, and we're listening to the news is on the big screen TV in the pizza parlor. And guess what they're talking about? They're up live at the fire. And she's, my girlfriend's talking. And to this day, I can't tell you what she was saying. Because all I heard was the announcer on television. We were so in tune to the fire news because that's what we were doing while we were working. We had a radio on and we would stop every 10, 15 minutes and listen to the radio 
and then go back to work with the power machines and then go back and listen. Or one of us would work and the other would take a break and listen to the radio because that's what they told us to do so we knew where the fire was. So we're, we're so in tune for four days to save our life by listening to this to the fire news and we don't know whether his cabin burned down. We're sitting there eating pizza. I've told this story before. I apologize that I'm rambling on about this. Then all of a sudden, I look at him, and he looks at me, and we both grin because we both realize we're not listening to Cheryl, any words she's saying. We're listening to the newscaster. And she says, you're not listening to me. You guys aren't listening to me at all, are you? And I looked at her. She was next to me. And I turned, and I looked at her, and I said, no, I'm sorry. Both of us are listening to that newscaster. And they, when they said where the fire was, at this point, we realized the fire was not had, had been passed, you know, and stopped. And he looked at me and he smiled and I smiled at him and he goes, I'm going back. I said, I'm going with you. She goes, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And we, I looked at her and I said, we're getting in the car right now and we're driving back up there to see if the cabin's still there and making sure that the people that we knew from the four days that we were there are all okay. Because when we left, we went back down to, um, oh, what was the name? Angel's Camp. An angel's camp became an, an angel's camp. It became the camp for the firefighters that were fighting on the east side of the of the valley, which was that side that we were on, the northeast side of the valley. Uh, and the Burger King, uh, uh, ex-girlfriend of Scott's, was working at that Burger King. The Burger King was giving food 24 hours a day, cooking food for free for all the firefighters. And there was cots laid out on the parking lot of the entire mall. You had to park your car on the other side of the parking lot. You couldn't park there. And all the fire department was parking their rigs out on the street and they were all sleeping. Whenever they got a break, they would go get food for free from Burger King and they would go and sleep there. And then they would get up and go back into the lines and fight. So we knew because when we went there, we hung out with them before we came home. We left in the morning, went down there, got some free food, hung out with all the firefighters that were fighting up above us and down below us and all of that. And then they said where they were going. And we said, we'll come back and check on you. And then of course we did. So she jumped in the car. You're not leaving without me. She drove up, drove up with us and saw everything and went, my God, you guys were here? And we're like, yep. <laughs> we had hot ash falling on us. The fire was trying to jump and it was burning us as we were uh, down here digging in the ditches to keep a fire break and the fire and the, all the uh, Cal fire was down here with us. And then they evacuated just because we were civilians and we got out. The fire jumped over them and they stopped it here and you could see where it is. And, and she was like, not even kidding. I'm like, no. No, we're not. Four days we spent. Everything you see here that's not burnt, that's not a tree, we did. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? Yep, that's what we did. We did all that, and that's why this is still here. So it was pretty amazing. It was fun. Anyway, uh, so there's me just rambling on about a story, a bullshit story in my life, and the shit that I did helping people. So I didn't need to do that, but I love telling stories. I'm an Irishman. Okay, so let's continue with the aliens now that I've spent an hour and a half. But the last 25 minutes was me talking about my story, but it was fun. Memories, right? I got a million of those. People say, why don't you write a book about it? Because nobody wants to hear about this shit. They all want to hear about other stuff. I write a book about my life. People are going to go, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Right? So, all right, let's continue here. Their power is the same as ours. The law of one blinks neither at the light or the darkness, but is available for service to others and service to self. However, service to others results in service to self, thus preserving and further harmonizing the distortions of those entities seeking intelligent infinity through these disciplines. Now, the reason that he said that really quickly, and then I'll get going on more, so some of you who get annoyed the fact that I don't uh, uh, continue with Ron, I talk more. That guy has more opinions than God, Jesus Christ. 
there is the perfect example of what I'm talking about, the yin and the yang and the balance. Did you realize and did you understand what Ra just said? That the law of one serves both light and darkness the same. But serving oneself is still serving others. And that's what pisses them off. And, and how is that? Well, because they serve as a bad example. They become the boogeyman that's chasing people who are in service to others. And they're the ones who do all the evil shit to you that we learn from. So those people who never want to choose to be in service to self will still learn from people who are in service to self, raping, pillaging, murdering, and doing all that stuff. So, so those people, eventually you end up doing it anyways. It's unfortunate you don't know that. Even if you're here, unless you're a, a wanderer, then you've already done it. Who knows how long ago? Could have been a million years ago, 100,000 years ago, 750,000 years ago, whenever it was that you were actually here for the first time. And I don't mean on Earth, because chances are you weren't on this planet when you did it. If you're a wanderer, then that means you've probably been alive as a soul longer than this Earth has, has manifest third-dimensional life forms. So there's a very good possibility. However, those of you who are stuck here and are indigenous to here, who have become wanderers because you're aware and chose to come back instead of graduating, the, those of you who became wanderers, you, you have recycled from this plane, and this was the place that you came through the first time. So there are some of you that are awake on this planet that ne have never been, uh, you know, not from another place. You went through your first, your second, and your third, or at least your third here, and then decided to recycle to help people, Okay. But what happens is that this is the the this is why I stopped here. This is why this is important. When I said before, when your spiritual growth gets you to a higher place to where you can look back down on that which is the yin and the yang, you're looking back down on that which is this this uh, uh, prison of the mind and fighting between good and evil that you think, right? How do I know if I'm a wanderer, Denise? If you're here listening to me, you're a wanderer. You either are one or you're becoming one because otherwise you would say I'm crazy and you would leave. You would have already left. Those people who start to listen and go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about and they leave. It's, I'm not saying that because I'm trying to convince you that I know what I'm talking about. I know that I know what I'm talking about. And those of you who stay, you see the truth in what I say. Okay, so that means one of two things. You're either a wanderer already and you don't know it or you're becoming one, or, or you will become one, or you have already chosen to come back. The reason I say that is because I know that I'm not here to wake up the average person who's indigenous to this planet and is stuck. That is not my job. That is not why I came here. That's why people like Jesus Christ came here and, and Mahatma Gandhi came here and Malcolm X came here and, and Martin Luther came here and Mohammed came here. Those people who have sacrificed themselves to become the martyr to get people to wake up. That's not why I am here. I am here to wake up the lions. I have been told by many throughout my lifetime in this life alone that I am a beacon for those people who are here to do what I do. Do you understand? So if you're here listening and you return and you hear what I say, and in any way you feel compelled to listen to what I have to say, even if it's just, the, I wonder, you know what, I'll give this guy a shot and I'll hear what he has. I'll hear him out and see if he's crazy or not. Okay? The fact that you are here is because you are. 
I am a beacon, one of the millions of beacons on this planet for the people who have come back here to help, to help wake them up. Okay? So I had help from someone just like me who woke me up. And then when I woke up, then they paid it forward and then I paid it forward. And then my job is to wake up and get you, the rest of you who came here to do the same thing to remember that. And once you remember that, you don't need me anymore. It's it says that's the curse. This is what Yoda was teaching uh, uh, Obi Wan. That was that was oh no, it was Luke. He was teaching Luke uh, at the end. That's the curse of a of a true teacher. The true teacher's nature is to have the student become the teacher, no longer needing the teacher, and moving off on their own to do what they're doing. It's it's a cyclical nature of the universe and of teaching. Eventually, you guys won't come and listen to me anymore because you don't need to. And then you'll go off on your own and I won't see you anymore. And then once in a while, you'll pop in and say hi. I don't get offended by that. It is my hope that people will still stay friends with me so that I can learn from them. That's why, Casey, I said this to you and you said this in, in the return, that we're supposed to work together to help each other. And that's why we have so many parallels that have drawn us in our conversations. Oh, my God, that, I've done the same thing and I do the same thing, including that, you know, in the, that'd be in the butt, Bob. And other things that we talked about before. Those things were there for us to be familiar with each other enough to realize, wow, we have these parallels. So that means that in some way we're supposed to be working together. And, that, and we came to that conclusion. And, and so because of that, at some point in life, you and I may not talk any longer because you may not need me and I may not need you. We only may have signed on for a couple of years, and that's it. There are many, many people that, I, that, have, that have done that exact same thing that I was the one, like, for instance, uh, you, can, you can call her and ask her, uh, uh, Renee, the born intuitive. I told this story before. She was five, seven, seven years ago now, I guess it was. Uh, in the group that uh, Peter, uh, GV, if you're in any of the groups uh, uh, together with Peter and myself, not Peter Coyle, but Peter, GV, and I uh, are in the, the groups. There's three groups that we have on, uh, uh, that are not just messenger groups, but on, on Facebook that he and I have been working for, for five, six years. She came in there, one of which is the psychic reading and development, which I have to fix now that the 28 days have gone and put the development part back in the title, which I fucked up when I changed the title and forgot to put development back in. So I had to wait 28 days, and the 28 days are over now. I, I got to do that today or tomorrow. I uh, put development back in uh, to that to that group. She came in there and said, "Can I get a reading?" And I, I, I said, "Well, let me have a picture of you." And she gave me a picture, and I said, "Is this a joke? You should be reading me." And she was like, "Oh my God, what? What? What are you talking about?" And I said, "You you should be giving me a reading." And she was like, "I, I have no psychic abilities." I'm like, "Oh, okay, we need to talk." So after working with her for a few months, she started realizing her abilities. She had lost a lot of her memory. She tells the story. She had lost most of her childhood and uh, due to uh, a lot of different things bad that happened to her. And I worked with her and introduced her to other people. And Peter worked with her. And we, we started getting her uh, going. I got her on the air. I got her talking on the air. I got her doing uh, helping her with you know doing uh, psychic work on, on the air. And then she uh, took off into the world she was driving around i don't know if she's still doing it but she decided that she was going to buy a winnebago and drive around the world and and help people and see people out on the streets and she did that for a long time almost lost as a matter of fact at one point when she got robbed 
And uh, uh, she would pop in every now and then. I haven't talked to her now in a couple of years, probably three or four years. But I, but I don't get mad because my job wasn't to stay in con- I don't make contact with you guys in hopes that that we end up staying friends forever, although that would be nice. But my job is to help you remember what you decided to come here to do. And then your job is to do the things that you do to help other people. The reason that you came here and the way in which you chose for your path to to be in service to others. Do you see? And that doesn't always necessarily mean that our paths are going to stay connected, right? Some of us know we're going to work together for longer periods of time, like Peter Coyle and myself and Ray, who I don't, I haven't talked to lately. Every now and then we used to talk a lot more before when she needed it. She doesn't need it as much now. Uh, she's becoming more into her own and she is an Oracle and she doesn't need me to be needy or to be a, having to be up her ass all the time. Right. But every now and then she pops in and says, Hey Leo, how you doing when I'm, when I'm live? Or she just pops in and says, Hey, call me. I'm going to call you. I'm getting off work. And can I, we talk? Yeah, sure. And then we talk about stuff, right? That happens. We used to, and Peter talks about this every now and then, uh, online, he'll say it here in one of the chats. We used to talk nightly. We'd all sit down. There was a bunch of us in the coalition before COVID started getting ready for all of this craziness. And we would sit down and have conversations and talk about things. In fact, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Taylor, who pops in every now and then, um, she and I were just talking the other day and she was like, oh my God, bro, do you remember like six years ago when we met and we talked about all the things that were about to happen? She's like, they've all happened and they're all happening. I'm like, I know, right? Isn't that great? And she's like, oh my God. She goes, I started going through all of our conversations that we all had when we all got together and talked at night, every, all those nights. And we talked about what was going to happen in the future. And I didn't realize how prophetic we actually were. That the things that you and Peter and Ray and myself talked about are actually manifesting in the exact time and way. That you said, that's why uh, when Peter talks about when the queen was going to die and when her husband was going to die and when they were going to step down, and he was right. He's been saying it for three years and he got blacklisted from the Internet for saying it. And it happened exactly when he said it was going to happen, when the prince was going to die and when the queen. Two years ago, he said she's going to die in October. She's going to die in late September or early October. And guess what? And he said the year, and they and he said it online, and they deleted him for saying it, and then it happened. Okay, so the conversations that we've that we've had, and all of the things when we were saying this and this and this and this is going to happen, and this is going to be the progression, and this is the way it's going to go. Just like I was trying to convince everyone in the different coalitions, and I still have people that are scared to death about what happened during COVID and how that was for, uh, you know, a coup attempt to take over the world and how it failed. And everybody was so scared that it didn't look like it failed. And now you guys don't know this. You may not. Some of you might. I'm going to get to current affairs real quick and get some people pissed at me. But you guys don't know this, but all around the world, and it hasn't, it's starting to happen in Ireland and Peter can't wait for it to happen, right, in Ireland. But it's starting to happen in Ireland. But in France, in Germany, all over the world, and even in Sweden, which is a communist country, oh, I'm sorry, a socialist country, even in Sweden, which is a socialist country, all of the people are voting for the conservative party and voting these the, the liberals that are part of this progressive party out. And when asked, why are all you guys voting so much to get rid of these people? 
it, was it something that because people over here want to know what the strategy was and they said because of what's happening in america we don't want it to get that bad in this country so we're nipping it in the bud now we're getting rid of these people before they get entrenched the way the people are in the united states because they have destroyed that country and if the people in the united states don't fix it the country will cease to exist and all the professionals and you don't hear this on television and i haven't really talked about it but those people who understand the progression the natural cyclical nature of countries and how countries uh, evolve and fall the united states of america if changes are not made in this coming election the United States of America will cease to exist in less than 10 years. It will no longer be a country. It'll be, it might still be called the United States of America, but you will be the communist nation of uh, being run and operated by the communist Chinese party. And I'm not saying this because I'm a conservative and I'm trying to out the Democrats. You guys need to know that about me. I am, I am registered only because I want to vote, but I have to register and I'm registered as no party affiliation. Because if you look at people in the Republican Party, they're just as evil and forever swampers as the people in the Democratic Party. But it's not all of them on both sides. But the powers that should not be right now that are in control are trying to rig the nation to get rid of all other parties and have one party rule. And that party is a socialist party. And socialism has never worked. It becomes communist or communistic in less than two to five years, never more than five years has any country lasted. And that's why the people that are socialist countries have saw that and realized that their socialist country is turning into a communist country and will, and they're trying to vote everybody out before it does turn into a communist country and not just a socialist country because it's going down that road by watching the United States and reading the Communist Manifesto and looking at where the progressives are on the list of the Communist Manifesto of how you turn a country from a free country into a communist country. This is how you do it. And then when you look at the United States and everything that has been enacted here, including changing the definition of words, right? Just like homelessness is no longer homeless, it's unhoused. Like that doesn't mean homeless. Unhoused means homeless. It's the same word. That's like telling you that custodian is different than janitor when they're the exact same thing with a different word that describes it. Change the meaning of words. Equity from equality. Look up those two words and see how different they really are. The word equality is not the word equity. The word equity does not mean what equality means. But they've changed the word from equality to equity now. Racial equity, not a racial equality. They're completely different concepts. There's a reason for that. Okay. So, but but rest assured, rest assured that it's it it won't last even even if because the the future is a little hard to see. Right. So because of the temporal war, that's part of the temporal war, seeing the future, you see both possibilities, you see all possibilities, but the two, three major possibilities that are, that are there, those of us see, and, and that's, I've talked about that before, one where the population of the earth gets down to about 535,000 people, and AI is basically in charge of the planet, that's, that's what the fear of the matrix was. 
uh, was that that and that's why they're they're playing that because that's what they want. That was what was at the Georgia Guidestones, by the way, that was written there that you can go see in other languages that are still up. I don't think they knocked the whole thing down. No, they did knock the whole thing down. So you can look it up and find out what it said. <laughs> the, the workable population of the Earth should be down to 526,000 people out of the almost 9 billion. Everybody else has to be killed off for the, for the uh, population to be useful. Uh, and that's so they could all be slaves and build the war machine for the Orion Crusaders. Not a joke. You can look that up. Okay. So, and that's one timeline. The other timeline uh, that is in the future is the one where AI doesn't win and it's a utopia and there's uh, almost uh, almost 13 billion people on the planet uh, and, and everybody has uh, started working towards feeding everybody so that there's uh, plenty of everything for everyone instead of uh, this monetary system that we have. But those are the changes that are going to take place in the future. So rest assured, I'm not predicting doom and destruction. There is a far larger group of souls that have pulled for and are pulling for the timeline that is not 526,000, but 13 billion. So there's a 98 or 99.99% chance that you who are out there listening to my voice, your soul will be a part of the the latter, not the former. You will be part of the utopia not the destruction of the human race. But some people are going to move into that timeline because they're the ones who believe in that timeline and that way of life. The people who are in service to self are going to want to go down that road, and they will go down that road. That is the decision that the Hopi Rock uh, uh, legend was telling, and this is what Ra was telling about. All of the law of one is that choice. The law of one is that. The laws that bind... Everything in this reality that is the raw material is raw, telling us how the universe works and why. The why is so that you have free will to choose either good or evil, either in service to self or in service to others. If you charge, charge, if you choose in service to self, you will manifest in that timeline where there's only 526,000 humans and you will either be a slave more than likely because that means there's less slave owners as well then that's where you will be in service to self and then you'll be forced to labor and you will be very confused as to why is it that I chose to be in service to self and now I'm the slave and that's when things will change for you. And that's why there's only 526,000 humans there. And all the rest of the people that choose to be in service to others end up in the utopian society where there's an abundance of everything and people love each other. And all you need is love, like the Beatles sang. Okay? But that's what Ra was here to warn us about. You're coming up upon a choice you should have made already, and that was taken from you. And this is what Raw is the underlining story behind everything that is the raw material. Not just there's certain laws in the universe, and, and those universal laws were set down this way because everybody got lazy and complacent and nobody was graduating. And oh, by the way, the, the planet that you're on got stuck because evil people found out about the storyline and took control of the narrative and didn't let people know it. That was what the Garden of Eden and eating the fruit was supposed to be about, was you were supposed to gain the knowledge not just of good and evil, which is told in the Christian Bible, but why 
there is good and evil. That was the part they cut out of the story and changed the story to some third dimensional, uh, the reason that we have pain in childbirth and the reason you guys have pain during your ovulation is because you are evil and you ate the fruit because that's what women did. Evil, evil, bad, bad, bad soul for eating the fruit. But we keep you around so that you serve us now. That's your penance. And that's what monotheistic male-dominated uh, uh, societies would have you believe. Because the only way that evil can keep the society itself from becoming loving, caring, and healing is to control the female population of humans to keep people from being nurturing, loving, caring, which is what the feminine side of the psyche is geared towards. Do you understand why? And those realities and those manifestations of peoples on this planet who are seeing women as playing out spiritually and physically as equals have to be conquered and suppressed at all cost by warlike masculine nations because it's the only way to keep the population stuck is to beat down the women and shut them up and make them so afraid to speak that they will be stoned to death if they do anything out of what we tell them to do. And that is the, the religions of, of all religions. The Hebrew religion was that way, right? Although they kind of changed it a little bit because you, to be Jewish, your mother has to be Jewish, not your father, your mother has to be Jewish because they understand that the mitochondrial DNA is more important than the male DNA. Because spiritually, the mitochondrial DNA, and physically, mitochondrial DNA. Mitochondrial DNA is DNA that women have that they pass down to their children. That's how they can track, and that's how they were planning to track. Jesus' DNA was through his mother, not through, not through his father, because his father, in fact, is not from this earth. So the DNA that is, in, that is Jesus won't be tracked to, to Joseph. Because Joseph claimed, he, I never had sex with her. She couldn't have gotten pregnant by me. And he wasn't saying that because he thought he was going to be in trouble. She was a virgin. He was pissed off that she got pregnant. He thought she was screwing somebody. And then they checked her and saw that her hymen was not broken. So no man went in there. Right? Although we now know in future that, that you could have a girl who's never had her hymen broken. Because she, she still has a little pee hole. The pee still comes out uh, through through that area. So you can insert and impregnate a woman without breaking her hymen today, according because of our science. But we're 2,000 years in the future. They didn't have that kind of technology back then to impregnate a Mary, right? So they checked her, and she was still a virgin, and then she gave birth, and then they had other kids. A lot of people don't know that. Jesus had brothers and sisters. A lot of people don't know that, as well as a mother. He wasn't an only child. Okay, so, so the, the male-dominated society has to be chauvinistic and shut the woman up, and all these religions were left to flourish that were that way. All the religions that were not and that venerated the feminine had to go underground, and the Vikings wouldn't give up their religion. So you had your Celts, in, you know, which are the southern Vikings, and the northern Vikings who kept their religion and went underground with it, especially the Druids and the Wiccans, more so because those people were conquered by the Romans and the Germans, right? The, the, the Hess and the Rus had conquered them. And the other Vikings that were Norway and Finland and Sweden, 
and and Denmark that were all the Geats and the and the Wodes and those they were never conquered, so they kept their religion, right? And that's what we call Bohemian now. They kept their religion, but the the Wiccans and the you know the pagans, the the Wiccans and the Druids had to go underground with that those two religions, which were the dual aspect, the masculine and feminine religions, separated into one and, and the other. Uh, the Wiccan being the feminine and the and the Druids being the masculine to carry on that entire uh, masculine feminine duality uh, in the in that pantheon. And uh, so when you look at Christianity, Christ was trying to reintroduce that. Uh, and that was what Isis and the Romans had partially was were the dual aspect. And a lot of people don't know that, that Rome was really more dual aspect until the Italians got in control. Or I should say, you know, until Rome became Rome uh, in Italy. And, uh, and then they, uh, you know, uh, looked away from the church, but they looked to it for a while. And that's in the Bible where you had the different people who were converted and made Christianity uh, the way of the Roman Empire. But even then it was corrupted into what it is today, which doesn't teach you any part of your personal spirituality. But they're starting to here in the West, in America, even the Roman Catholic Church in America. That's why I say there'll never be a pope. For, uh, for the Catholic Church that is uh, well, from the United States of America, because this church, all the Christian churches here, have gone back to the way that Jesus was preaching. So when you go there, they're preaching about your own personal spirituality and preaching duality and starting to accept the idea that the one true creator of the universe could, in fact, be a male-female character that is in one as one. And hence, the law of one. That's what the law of one ultimately tells you. Is that there is only one true creator, and that creator is in is an an androgynous creator, not male, not female, but both, but one, and that is what we are here to balance. And people always say, "What do you mean balance? You're talking about being how can I be good and evil at the same time?" Because you are being light and darkness. You are being you are being both, and that has nothing to do with your choice of being in service to others or in service to self. You're embracing that which is oneness of the universal uh, energy. And this is why I stopped here uh, 25 minutes ago was because this is what Raw is explaining to you literally in this paragraph right here is that the law, the, the law of one services. I'm, let me go over here and I'll give you the direct quote, right? The law of one, where is it? The law of one uh, blinks neither at the light nor darkness, but is available to service for service to others and service to self. Do you see? The balance, the energy that is the infinite energy of the universe is there literally to service people who are in service to others and people who are in service to self. And those people who are in service to self, right? However, service to others results in service to self, thus service to self also uh, results in service to others because as a service to others you're going to be helping those who are in service to self and people who are self-serving also uh, serve others because by being self-serving they do the stuff that teaches people in service to us uh, to others learn from you trust people and they fuck you over 
you are in service to others and you do things for other people and then some selfish asshole comes along and does something to you or to other people that you were helping. And so in some way, their, their selfishness and their evil ways of raping, pillaging, bearing false witness, stealing ideas and taking credit for someone else's work, that stuff is necessary because, <clears throat> pardon me as I'm starting to wheeze because I've been talking too much, is necessary because that teaches you. You see it happen, you experience it, and their in-service to self affects you in a positive or negative way that teaches you either in a positive or a negative way, and your choice to become positive or negative is influenced by everything that happens to you in a positive and negative way. So you can either take everything negative that happens to you and turn it to something positive, which is what my father taught me with everything. He said, always take whatever happens to you and turn it around. So if something happens to you that's negative, turn it to a positive. Learn from that negative. What was the negative that happened to you? Why did it happen to you? Did it, was it because you did something or someone else did something and learn from it? And then the same thing. If you can't learn, and Ra says this, this is a direct quote from, a quote from Ra. You can't learn by when you when you look at somebody and you say that person is evil. The only way that you can understand that person is evil. I just had this conversation with my sister today. One of my sisters. The only way you can understand that person is evil is you have to recognize it. And how do you recognize evil? Because you see it in yourself. Drug addicts, ex-drug addicts are the best drug addict detector on the face of the earth. And a lie detector for people who are doing drugs. Why? Because they've been there and they've done it. But you can't fool, that's why you can't you can't snow the snowman. You can't fool a con artist because they're a con artist. It's too, it's too hard. Do you see? So people who have done drugs, that's why uh, a lot of kids who grew up in the bad neighborhoods become cops. Why? They've been around criminals their entire life. And the Irish families here in America were famous for telling you that there's only three professions that an Irishman will become in their lifetime as a man. And we joke about that. You either become a fireman, a cop, or a priest. And almost traditionally, it's been that way. You either go in the military, right? Or you become a police officer. You go in the military and become a police officer when you get out of the military. Or you become a firefighter, you become a priest. Or you become a gangster. <laughs> right? So there's really only four or five jobs that an Irishman would become. But that's true kind of for everybody. Right? A lot of people that, are, that come from Christian backgrounds, the Mexicans are the same way. You either become a criminal. Or you become a fireman, or you become a, a, a police officer, or you become a priest. Right? And the women are kind of the same way. I, I know it's a joke, but it's, it's got almost true. Right? It is for the Irish. Traditionally, it is true. The Irish, you know, construction worker or whatever. Uh, or, you, you know, you don't do any of that. But the truth is that you either become in service to others or in service to self in some way. Do you see? If you're a firefighter, if you're a cop, if you're a, a you know a, a doctor or a nurse, uh, you're in service to others. If you're a criminal, if you're a gangster, if you're a drug dealer or or whatever, you're in service to self. A politician, a businessman, uh, someone who uh, you know like the like the Trumps who buy and sell uh, half of the countries on the planet, right? Or or everybody else in in Hollywood, you're either in service to self or in service to others. And then there's some people, uh, and they and here's an example of how they act as both. Actors and actresses, the most big-headed, self-serving narcissists on the face of the earth. 
but they're actors and actresses and they're making movies and a lot of them make good wholesome movies that are in service to others but when you talk to them they're full of their fucking selves and they're all about themselves jennifer lopez won't walk onto a set and has people fired if anyone looks at her when that prima donna shows up on set this i don't know this for certain because i wasn't there but this is what i've been told very hard to work with but she's a great actress and a great entertainer do you see everybody tried to say kanye west if you guys didn't see today it's happening it just was over i didn't watch it i'm gonna have to go back and watch it at eight or record it at eight and watch it at the time yesterday and today he's playing his interview with kanye west okay and i uh, and listening to kanye talk Everybody was like, that man's crazy. Why? Because they told him he was crazy. Why is that? Because he was talking about how awake he is and showing the example of how awake he actually is. And everybody said he was crazy for it. And when you hear him talk, I watched him for an hour last night, and he was on again tonight, and I recorded at 8 because I forgot to set the recording for 5, and it replays here at 8 p.m. So I'll set that recording to record that show, and I'll watch his his uh, his interview. It was supposed to be like a 25-minute interview, and it turned into a three-hour interview with Tucker Carlson. And he was talking. They asked. He asked him about everything. He asked him about going and seeing uh, Donald Trump, everything. And and when that man talks, and he's and then they talked about him afterwards. And they're right. He's he's in that place where he's having to choose because of being in the in the business he's in. It's self-serving. But he's also a Christian, and he's got really strong Christian values, and he's in that place of how do I balance being in service to others and in service to self at the same time? Only they don't say it that way. They say he's trying to balance how he can be in that industry and be a Christian at the same time. But those people who are awake understand the vernacular that's being used there, and that means being in service to others and in service to self. And he's having that problem with trying to be in service to others while the people who are in service to self are trying to eat him like a wolf or a dingoes. They're trying to eat him, and he won't let them eat him because he's above that. And so his Christianity, him being in service to others, is coming through, and he's still trying to stay relevant in a world that is self-serving. And he's pioneering that like Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing the same thing. In fact, he asked, do you talk to Elon Musk? And he said, you brought that up because I talked about the story I just talked about. And he said, yes. Okay. And that had to do with, you have to watch it. But it all has to do with, he's not saying it out loud, but it all has to do with the law of one and the choice of free will of in service to self and in service to others. And he's saying that people, his own wife, that's why he's not married to her anymore. And people around him, his friends and family, uh, uh, turned on him because he was in service to others instead of in service to self. The second he let it be known that he was in service to others, they all turned on him. And that happens in your life. And that's why I did those those two shows called uh, The Defense of Against Dark Arts, The Defense of Dark Arts uh, 1 and 2, was because as soon as you let be known to the world that you're in service to others, everyone who's in service to self that knows you tries to attack you and, and discredit you and defame you. And tell people that you don't know what you're talking about. And then they then they lie and say, you're narcissistic and you're evil and you're the one who's tricking them. And then it's up to people. Then it goes back to your choice. It goes back to you believe the lies or you don't. And those people who believe the lies, I don't do anything with them. I don't try to defend that. If somebody lies to you and says, I'm I'm evil and that I'm lying to you and I'm, and I'm trying to take you down an evil path that's self-serving, I would be charging you money 
and I would be trying begging for money and I would be doing everything in, in my power to make you guys follow me and become my followers. And I would have a harem of 95 women or what is it? 96 virgins. I would have a harem of harem of women that I would be trying to fuck. And since I'm not starting a religion and I don't have a harem and I'm not doing those things and I'm not asking you for anything. In fact, I'm encouraging you like I did a little while ago. I'm encouraging you to find yourself and walk away from me. I should tell you whether I'm in service to self or in service to others, right? And I tell people all the time, if you don't think that I know what I'm talking about and you think I'm self-serving, move on. Leave and go and find someone else. Live your life and make your choices because you're either going to, and this is what the church, the Roman Catholic Church realized, either you're going to return to me or someone like me or you're going to find your own way. And you're, or you're going to be fooled by others, and then you're going to turn off all of this and not want to do anything, which is they're just as happy with. They're more happy that you turn it all off and get discredited or disgruntled with Facebook and, and social media and delete all your shit and never get influenced by anyone anymore and don't do anything spiritually. They would love it if you turned all that off and did that. That's what they want you to do. Do you see? Right, Peter says, this is the universe's way of understanding when you don't have a home. It's time to get off the great and understanding the universe, uh, end of quote, right? Well, he still didn't come through exactly what he was trying to say, but, he, but he, was, he was saying the same thing that I was saying. So free will to choose. Then he summed that up. Again, free will to choose. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you want to always take the bad situation. Then he says that. Take the bad situation and turn it to a positive. Yes. Okay. So, so this is what the living the law of one is. This is what the law of one is about. Do you understand? This is what Raw is trying to tell you. And here he's showing you the yin and the yang. Literally telling you that the universal energy is there to serve. The power is the same as ours. The law of one blinks neither at the light or the darkness. But it is available for service to others and service to self. However, being in service to uh, uh, to self or to being, like he says here, however, service to others results in service to self, thus preventing and uh, further harmonizing the distortion of the entity seeking intelligent infinity through these disciplines. So let's continue on with this. For those of you who are like, oh, my God, he's never going to get back to this. Let's continue on with this line. And hopefully I won't ramble on too long, but this stuff is very important. And I didn't break this down last time I did this. You can go back. I just deleted a bunch of stuff from 2019 uh, today on my computer. The, the, the MP4 version, not the MP3 version. I kept the audio but deleted the video of a lot of the videos that I had from three, four years ago that I was still keeping on the hard drive. Okay, so this is why I'm stopping this time and I'm breaking it down even further to show you, and I just gave you another, what, six or seven, I usually try to stop at seven, parables of the same line to explain to you exactly what Raw just said in that paragraph. So some of you got, got bored with it because you understood it after the first one or two or three or four or five or six. Some of you got it after the sevens, and some of you are still a little confused, and that's okay if you don't understand it. Those of you are the ones that should be on here asking me questions so I can clarify and give you the and teach you the way that you do learn. Okay, so let's continue here.
Those seeking intelligent infinity through the use of service to self create the same amount of power but, as we said, have constant difficulty because of the concept of separation which is implicit in the manifestations of the service to self which involve power over others. This weakens and eventually disintegrates the energy collected by such mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complexes who call the Orion group and the social memory complexes which comprise the Orion group. It should be noted, carefully pondered, and accepted, that the law of one is available to any social memory complex which has decided to strive together for any seeking of purpose, be it service to others or service to self. The laws, which are the primal distortions of the law of one, then are placed into operation and the illusion of space-slash-time is used as a medium for the development of the results of those choices freely made. Thus all entities learn, no matter what they seek. All learn the same, some rapidly, some slowly. Question, 7.16 Questioner, using as an example a fifth density group or social memory complex of the Orion group, what was their previous density before they became fifth density? Answer, R.A. IMRA. The progress through densities is sequential. A fifth density social memory complex would be comprised of mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complexes harvested from fourth density. Then the conglomerate or mass mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex does its melding and the results are due to the infinitely various possibilities of combination of distortions. Question. 7.17 Questioner. I'm trying to understand how a group such as the Orion group would progress. I was of the opinion that a closer understanding of the law of one created the condition of acceptability moving say from our third density to the fourth in our transition now, and I'm trying to understand how it would be possible, if you were in the Orion group, and pointed towards self-service, how you would progress, say, from the third density to the fourth. What learning would be necessary for that? Answer, RA, IMRA. This is the last question of length for this instrument at this time. You will recall that we went into some detail as to how those not oriented towards seeking service for others yet, nevertheless, found and could use the gateway to intelligent infinity. This is true at all densities in our octave. We cannot speak for those above us, as you would say, in the next quantum or octave of beingness. The octave that we're in ends at the end of the sixth density. No, at the end of the seventh. I apologize. So this, this octave is 1 through 7, and the next octave is 8 through 12. Okay? And that's because the lower uh, densities, 1, 2, and 3, especially 1 and 2, uh, are not uh, as uh, long as the ones. That's why there's, there's 7 and then 4. Okay? Or 7 and then 5, 13, you become the 1. At least that's what we believe. And so the, the people, to answer a question from earlier about, uh, when I when I talked about when uh, how you know where do people come back from, uh, people who go into the eighth don't ever come back. And the reason I said that that's the beginning, the lowest level of the next octave, and that octave only really has five or six uh, levels to it. But those levels are spread out; they're longer. They take longer by our perspective of time here to go through. Okay, so that's what he's alluding to. And I didn't stop all, all the way through those other questions because I answered all of that what he was speaking to, and then of course. Uh, Dawn wasn't understanding what Raw just said. Had Dawn been alive and heard what I just said, he wouldn't have asked that last question. That's why I didn't interpret any of what he said in the last two questions. Because Raw was basically going, we answered that. <laughs> and I answered, knowing what the question was going to be ahead of time, I gave you guys the answer to that, knowing, and that's why I said, 
some people wouldn't understand unless you tell them four or five different ways. Raw, you know, Raw explained in one way, but Dawn didn't understand it. And Raw was trying to go into his mind, which is how Raw communicates is by by knowing how to answer Dawn so that Dawn understands it. And Dawn still sometimes doesn't grasp it, not because he's dense, because he's not. He was a nuclear physicist, but because he wasn't really, really spiritually aware and awaken as much he was well well awake but he wasn't like awake enough to to get it and being a scientist he still wasn't sure he didn't trust that's why he says this is what i think a lot am i right or can you expand on that because he 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 is very awake and he's trying to get veneration for that by saying i'm i'm following you and this is what i believe am i right and then raw well, that's why snarky raw says yes and no a lot right so I wanted to to uh, to put that in there, right? And then so let's continue with what he says. You will recall that we went into some detail as to how those not oriented towards seeking service for others yet, nevertheless found because this is where he's explaining what I just explained, where whether you're in service to others or service to self, you serve the whole anyways, and service to others people still move up from the third to the fourth to the fifth, just like we move up from the third to the fourth to the fifth. Those people who are in service to self, they're identical in the way you progress. This is what he's explaining to him here. Because being in service to others is still being in service to self, and being service to, in, in service to self is still in service to others, because there's nothing you do here that does not serve the whole, ever. Everything serves the whole. It's just a matter of how you get there. And that's why he said some get there faster and slower than others. Okay? So... And that is the next quantum or octave of beingness. And ours is one or zero creation through six. And then seven through, we believe, 13. Some people, if you listen to Eastern philosophicals, they say there's 180 some odd levels. I don't believe that. Because there's nothing in the universe that shows us anything past uh, the three, six, nine, twelve, except for the one. The 13, which becomes the one. One is three. Three is one. That's where you get the one and the three together that make up the number 13. Okay. So I could be wrong. But since they don't talk to us, we don't get to know that until we graduate to the eighth. And once you're in the eighth, then you start to glean the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, and whatever's past that. So there may be another octave past that. There may be more. There may be uh, 10 million. I don't know. I really don't know. But we don't suspect there is. Okay. So let me continue. Right. This is, however, true of this octave of densities. The beings are harvested because they can see and enjoy the light-slash-love of the appropriate density. Those who have found this light-slash-love, love-slash-light without benefit of a desire for service nevertheless, by the law of free will, have the right to the use of that light-slash-love for whatever purpose. Also, it may be inserted that there are systems of study which enable the seeker of separation to gain these gateways. This study is as difficult as the one which we have described to you, but there are those with the perseverance to pursue the study just as you desire to pursue the difficult path of seeking to know in order to serve. The distortion lies in the fact that those who seek to serve the self are seen by the law of one as precisely the same as those who seek to serve others, for are all not one? To serve yourself and to serve other is a dual method of saying the same thing, if you can understand the essence of the law of one. At this time, we would answer any brief questions you may have. So that was what I was getting into there. 
serving others, and you serve others. When you look at someone, this is the example I gave, when you look at someone and say that person is evil, the only way that you can know truly that they are evil is you had to have either been them or you had to have observed that. And that's when I broke into telling you about uh, drug dealers, criminals, the criminal mind, cops, priests, the whole thing. For a person to be a teacher, you have to have first been a student. And that's why a rabbi, uh, which, you know, some people will tell you that it, it, it doesn't break down to the word teacher, but if you look at the word in English, they tell you what it means. And it actually, back in 2,000 years ago, meant teacher. So to be a rabbi, to teach, and to you have to have a wife and children, because how can you give people advice on families and children and that if you've never had children and you don't have a wife or you've never had a wife how can you give anybody counseling in that area do you see and they believe that in that religion and it's true to this day that's why it's harder they teach priests but you notice very rarely do you hear people going to a counselor that is a priest in any christian religion except for the ones that have uh the the, you know their their priest whatever you want to call it there in that uh church is either male or female, because it's not Roman Catholic, and they, so they don't have the title priest, they have a different title that means the same thing, which means teacher, and those people are, in fact, or have been married. They encourage this, not because they're trying to keep the religion going by having people marry it, because they're Catholic religion, for more than two, or almost 2,000 years, or for 1,980 years, 989, truthfully, if you go from the day Jesus died until now, 2,000, uh, you know, 2,022 years ago, Right, actually, no. It's it's it'll be two it'll be two thousand years in thirty one, because <laughs> Jesus the A D means uh, Adon Domini, and that means in the year of our Lord. Zero was the year that Jesus was born, and he died when he was thirty one. So in twenty thirty one, will be the two thousand year anniversary of Jesus Christ's death. They don't want you to know that, though. They want you to talk about that. Okay, so that's why i tell people the story that jesus to be called the rabbi had to have been married in the hebrew religion at the time and his wife had to either have children or be pregnant okay you can look at yourself this is true the hebrews will tell you that one of the reasons why they say he is not the prophet because he was just a guy who was married and had kids he was teaching in the synagogue right so you know but none of that's important the important thing is the message. Fighting over the, the 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 idea, fighting over a name, fighting over the way in which you worship the same deity is children. Fighting over a piece of pizza or fighting over, you know what I mean, something stupid. That's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. That's the same thing that people are fighting over when it comes to religion. You're fighting over what? Right? So the, the Christians and the and the and the Jews are fighting because whether or not Jesus was a prophet or not. How about his message? Is that more important than the idea of whether or not that actual physical person was alive in history? Because you can't prove your God is alive in history. You're going on a on a book that somebody claims they got from a God. Moses, the Hebrew religion is based that Moses was given a, a, a dusty tome from God. And there is no proof that God existed other than some guy named Moses claimed it, and he came brought down the mountain with a book. But yet, when Jesus, who was walking around, his mom claimed that she was pregnant by God because she didn't get pregnant by 
by any other means because there was no man that had sex with her and it was proven. They still don't believe that. And Jesus wasn't anything at all and he's not anything because they don't say so. Okay, well, your God isn't doesn't exist. You have no proof of it. So for those of you who are Hebrew out there that I just pissed off, pound salt. And those of you who are uh, in Muslim, same thing. Oh, no, there is only one God, and Muhammad is his prophet. So none of the Hebrew gods or prophets were real prophets, and Jesus isn't a real prophet. Only Muhammad is. Well, same thing. Your Bible, for those of you who are, in fact, uh, uh, Muslim, your Bible was written by Muhammad that was based on what Moses said. And Moses comes from the Hebrew religion where God, the God that is still not proven to actually have been anything, said some shit to Moses. Okay, So the truth is, if you guys really want to be, uh, let's talk about whether Muhammad was real or whether Jesus was real or whether Moses were real. Your gods, none of the gods that your whole shit's based on has any proof in anything anywhere in the history of the world that, you, that it actually existed. Okay, so the truth is, all your religions are just made up. And that's what atheism says. And that's what people that believe in other religions say about Christianity or the Hebrew religion or the Muslim religion, because they're all based on, on the Moses tome that Moses was given. And that tome is a direct reflection of the one that the Mesopotamians had, that Anki gave them. And that one is the one that came from Marduk. And that one came from, from Tiamat. And Tiamat was Marduk, who killed Tiamat, was Marduk's great-great-grandmother. Okay? So my point here is that the truth is, if you look at everything and all the creation, none of these religions have any proof that any of this ever existed. Even Ra has no proof. The reason for that is because the law of one service is both in service to self and in service to others the same, it is up to you to decide. It is up to you to tap into the, to the energy of the universe. And it is up to you to find the truth for yourself. That is what all of this experience and exercise that you're a part of is here for. And that is what this entire of the law of one is trying to tell you. All right, thank you here. Question, 7.18 questioner, is there anything we can do to make the instrument more comfortable? Answer, RA, I am RA. There are small adjustments you may make. However, we are now able to use this instrument with minimal distortion and without depleting the instrument to any significant extent. Do you wish to ask further? Question, 7.19 Questioner, we do not wish to overly tire the instrument. It's done that twice now. I don't know why it's freezing, but it has, I think my computer's doing an update. <laughs> so hopefully, am I still am I still rolling? I'm still rolling. It's just crashing. So we'll let that crash. It was at the end of 7 anyways. You could see that if you were on the board. Oh, I'm leaning back. Not in the camera shot because it, it dropped down. So we'll st we'll end there. We ended the, the end of session uh, seven. That was the last part. Uh, if you looked on the screen, you could see that he was just going to end and say, I leave you now in the love and light of the infinite creator, uh, Adonai. And we'll start up next week at uh, session eight. Yes, at session eight, question one. Uh, so if you guys have any further questions, pop them up now, right? Uh, and then we'll get into the stuff next week from session eight. But 
now it now that you, I've finished those questions, hopefully you can see that the reason I wandered off and it looked like I was rambling from that point on until I played the last three or four questions that I was explaining that last three or four questions ahead of time. I do that a lot. Right. Uh, and so, and I wasn't actually rambling, even though I sounded like I was rambling. And I try to explain that to some people because some people leave before they get it and they go, Oh my God. And then you ramble. And I'm like, no, I don't ramble. You just think I do because you're not understanding what I'm saying. And I hate to say that to people because sometimes that pisses off their ego and they get mad at me and think I'm talking down to them. And I'm like, I'm not actually talking down to you. I'm trying to show you that I, what I was saying wasn't, except for the story when I was fighting the fire. But in truth, there was a, a, a backstory there that tied in uh, that if you were paying attention to and you caught, I'm going to let you catch it. If you didn't, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that for people that I know will catch that one. So that did actually tie in in a way that, in a way that was a little further on the outskirts of preparing you for what's coming in eight okay <laughs> so and peter knows what i'm talking about because he started making a comment about it so peter knows where i was going with that whole thing it just sounded like a story but it was a story which was true i, I didn't make it up really happened but it it tied into what we're dealing with now and what we're going to get into in eight and nine okay uh so rarely do i ramble off the subject even though sometimes I, it looks like i do that if you listen long enough, once you go back now, if you go back and listen to that rambling that I did for 25 minutes and then hear the last four questions, you'll see I didn't even say anything for two of them, except for I popped in and said he was saying that because he didn't get it and Raw was, and then let it go from there again. Then it, all that makes sense, or it should. And if it doesn't, I apologize. But those of you who are still left, I'm pretty much sure it makes sense too because you're not asking me questions in the chat right now. Clarify this, please, Leo. Clarify that. Unless you're afraid I'm going to to go on for another hour on your answer. Uh, but I, I can't stress enough to get everybody to understand that, that the universe isn't good against evil. It's not. There's not an evil tree. There's not an evil ant. There's not an evil dog. There's not an evil flower. There's not an evil rose. Okay? The universe is a perfect balance. Good and evil was only designed for the soul. Everything that is out there was designed for us to, to live in. Everything that they, all this reality is not good or evil at all. It just is. Good or evil only happens in our mind. That's it. We manifest it into our reality by choosing to be in service to others or in service to self. Okay? But it is not inherent in the actual universe itself. Not at all. It is only there as a game to play out for us to become our full potential. And our full potential is, is literally only here because we, as one, a billion, billion years ago, were bored because we created ourselves in the universe, something happened. We're far too down, far down the chain right now to understand whether there was something larger than us. There, you know, the, the possibility, this is not a joke, the possibility on a grandiose scale that we are literally just in the subconscious mind of one individual human being or some 
reasonable facsimile thereof. And that eventually, and this goes back to the whole uh, men in black thing with the guys inside the 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 uh, uh, um, locker, an entire world inside the locker, and them laughing about it, and and Cage making a joke about it, or Jay making a joke about it, and then uh, somebody, then then Kay telling Jay, "Come here," and he goes over and he kicks open a door, and the Earth and our entire galaxy is inside of a locker. Okay. Because the universe was on uh, Orion's belt. An entire universe was the size of a marble. That's why they had them, them playing with marbles. And then our universe was that much larger than it, but then there was this other one in a locker, and there was a whole entire universe inside that locker, and he was joking about, why would you bring that locker here? And that's when he went over to the door and said, come here, and opened up the door, and they were inside of a locker. <clears throat> that was showing you the possibility that this reality that we perceive as this vast multiverse could be the imagination of one individual. Just the manifestation of the imagination of one individual. And that when we become back that one individual, we're going to open our eyes. And we are going to be sitting in a park bench, eating lunch, imagining all of thought was an entire civilization and a multiverse with billion, 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 trillion, trillion, trillion years of existence and scenarios happening. And all of it was just a daydream. The possibility that that's happening and that that person is just another daydream of another individual and that person is the daydream of another individual and that goes on for infinity is just as possible and plausible as anything you can imagine. And that's the point of it. Do you understand that? Well, we hope so. Then he said, "You, yes, Casey, and, and makes, I'm talking about, appreciate me, because Casey said, we always appreciate you and you're sharing your knowledge. And then, uh, then Denise said, yes, Casey, and it makes us understand so much easier explaining it. That's what I'm here to try and do. I'm here to try give and pass on my knowledge to help you to regain your knowledge and remember what it is that was taken from you. That's the whole purpose of us being here is to remember. Dream or nightmare, depending on what you think you're having, because you're having one or the other or both at the same time. That's why you have good and bad dreams, by the way. That's part of why you have good and bad dreams. Why do I have nightmares? Because part of your life is a nightmare. And your subconscious is working on part of your life in there. Just like you're working on part of your life in there, you just don't know it. Because everything that is out here is a manifestation of what is in here. That's the macrocosm out here to our microcosm, which is in here. And we all have a, a part of that that we're part of. That's why at the very beginning, we're all imagine you're after the state. Okay. So we're all playing a part. And in that time, while we're all playing this part, it's this perfect ecosystem, this perfect balance of light and darkness, of good and evil, that is this beautiful mesh of a dance that's happening, that's teaching all of us at the same time as it that we're learning from it. Because that is the, what the whole experiment was about. We are the playing out of 
the infinite possibilities of every experience that could possibly be imagined. And we on this level are those experiences playing out. But we're teaching and learning from each other's experience at the same time and having effect on each other's experience, which is part of, if I were going to create an ecosystem in my mind that I wanted to have every possible experience that could possibly be imagined, every experience and experiencer is also affecting everyone else's experience and experiencer would also have to play into every experience because it's a possibility. So not only are we having individual experiences, but we're also sharing those individual experiences, which is changing your individual experience and mine. I'm learning from you. You're learning from me. Hence, teach, learn, learn, teaching. Do you see? So all of this is necessary so that we all end up learning and teaching each other because we are, in fact, the one. All of us. We are, in fact, one. And we know that we are, only we take that from ourselves when we're here so we can have an organic experience until it's no longer necessary. And then you start learning that you are, in fact, something else. And that first you become aware, self-aware, right? I think, therefore, I am. And then you do. And then from doing, you learn. That's why babies touch things and taste things. And we do things and learn things. And they become more and more complex as we learn. Because we can take on more and more complex things. Thought is the same way. Language is the same way. Mathematics is the same way. That's how we progress. By As we learn, we take on more and more complexity. And as we become more and more complex, we learn more and more complex things. And then at a certain point in our development, we no longer, like I no longer need these glasses because I'm not reading anymore, we no longer need to forget uh, that we are, in fact, the one. And it becomes vital for us to know this or start to realize this so that we can then make that choice by, by admitting to yourself that I am something more and there is life ahead beyond this. I'm no longer in service to self because to become aware of and to believe that there is something more than me and that I have to help everyone means I can no longer help myself. So it's easy for people who are atheists who don't believe in anything past this life to be in service to self because to be in service to self means there is nothing else. You have to. You can't be You can't be a worshiping a God, not for real. You can't be spiritual, not for real, if you're in service to self because how can you do that and be self-serving? Well, it is in some respects self-serving because... By being spiritual, you're learning as well as when you're teaching, so you are helping yourself. So in some respects, you are being self, but I'm not narcissistic. Do you understand? I'm not all about me. If I was, I wouldn't be doing this. I'd be a fucking influencer on TikTok and making all kinds of money or, or the same thing on YouTube, right? I mean, let's be honest. Someone like me doesn't do this to help people for free unless they're in service to others because what the fuck would be the purpose if I was self-serving? I'm not making any money out of this shit. Why the fuck would I be doing it? It's a waste of my time if I'm in service to self. But it's self-serving because the more I do this, the more I even learn. Sometimes, like I said, I go back and I listen to what I said, and I'm like, holy crap, that was brilliant. I don't even remember saying it. 
because I start channeling as I go. So I'm learning a lot of times while you guys are learning. That's why I love talking to you guys, because I don't learn if I'm not exposed to other people. I can only learn so much on my own. There's experiences we have to have that are that are you know going to help from other people. Penny, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's been, it was it's been a while, right? Well, I think I saw you what, last week or the week before. You popped in from there, and I hadn't seen you for a long time, though. You were off in life, weren't you? Right? That's what happens. People do that, and it's okay. I talked about that earlier. So hello, by the way. So without that experience, without that that input from other people, then we all become stagnant, right? So, so you have to be humble enough to say, I'm learning from other people as well as teaching. I'm teach learning. That's why I didn't want the title teacher for a very long time. I fought back against that. But the more I got into the law of one, the more I saw teach, learn, learn, teaching, it was okay. To be a teacher, you have to be a, a, someone who's learning as well, right? So to be learned, you have to first learn. So to teach, you have to first learn. So it's okay if if I if I use the title teacher and then I'm teaching people because I'm I've learned and I'm learning and I'm trying to push onto you and help you by saying this is what I have learned. I'm trying to share the knowledge that I have in hopes that it rings true with you in some way. And then hopefully I get feedback where you guys ask questions that I go, oh, good one. And then I and then I uh, tell what I know about it. And if I don't know it. That, that's why when you guys send me videos, I watch them. I do. When I have time, I watch those videos. I'm a nerd, right? So know this, that those of you, that's why Peter keeps sending them because he knows I watch them. So know this, when you were in the chat groups together, and if you guys send a video, I actually do watch that video. I may not come in the chat and go, hey, I watched that video and blah, blah, blah. I may not do that, but I do watch those videos, right? Unless I've already seen it. And then I go, oh, I saw that video before. And I'll tell you that. Right. Otherwise, I do watch those videos because I'm not thinking I'm the smartest person on the fucking face of the earth and that I don't have any more learning to do. If I was, I'd be in service to self because I would think I'm completely the shit. And I'm not. If I'm the smartest, I say this to everybody who listen, if I'm the smartest this planet has, we're fucked. OK, so so I constantly go, there has got to be more people smarter than I am because I would hate to think I'm it. Okay, I would hate to think that I'm the all-seeing, all-knowing, uh, and and you know, and 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 that's when I go and I look to other people, and then I go, okay, go, all right, that person said some shit that I never even thought of, and I just learned from that person. Hail Mary, that means I'm not the smartest person on the planet. God, thank you. You know what I mean? So I try to learn something new every day because it keeps me humble. That way, I never get big-headed, right? So I admit to myself, you are not. And that's a lesson from Merlin. I don't remember which one it was but it was somewhere around 10 or, or 11 uh, for Merlin out of the 21 lessons that there's someone, there's always someone cleverer than yourself. And what he meant by that, he got into that, that there's always somebody faster, smarter, more, more, uh, you know, whatever than you, you're never the top dog. No one is ever the top dog. Some people will try to say they are, but they're not. And eventually it doesn't take long and they get knocked down a peg by somebody who's better than they are. Look at Conor McGregor for three to five years. He was the toughest man in the uh, in the uh, UFC, and and uh, and he was the shit. Nobody could beat him. And then he got his ass kicked by like three different people now. <laughs> and now he's retired. But the man's got billions now, hundreds of millions of dollars. No joke. But for a short time, nobody could beat him. Look at Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was the bad. I'm a bad man. I'm the baddest man in the world. That's almost a direct quote. It's not verbatim, but it's close. But he did say, I'm a bad man, right? And and he, you get in the ring with him, and he will kick your ass until 
He got his ass kicked. That's why Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. I think he said punched in the mouth. Or some people say it punched in the mouth. Some people say punched in the eye. I heard that he was. He said that some people get until they get punched in the face. Okay, and that's the truth of it. And that's why he was the toughest man in the world until he wasn't, because somebody else comes up who's better than you. Because that's the cyclical nature of the universe, and that's how the law of one services everyone. Do you see? That's the purpose of me going off on that tirade right there. Was the last paragraph before the final question that the service, uh, the the law of one services both those who are in service to self and service to others, and those who are self-serving service the all, and those who are in service to others service the all. Okay, and that and, and to know that is to graduate from that. To accept that is the is the knowledge that you were that that they learned when Eve ate the fruit but they stole that part and said well they learned the, the 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 they learned the power of good and evil they learned the knowledge of good and evil and they just stopped there well why was that important what about learning good and evil was so important well, they don't want you to know that because they were th- expelled from the garden for doing so that that was when they morphed that whole entire scenario into a lie story that made that that painted a picture of of blasphemy and a and a picture of of guilt. Don't do what Eve did because that was evil. And look, women have been paying for it for oh, for since the, the dawn of time, and you will forever. And, and so, so the 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 good God that was holy, love loving, all knowing, all caring, is blaming an entire gender that God created now because one soul did something that this is what I'm supposed to believe. One soul that was feminine at the time ate the fruit and blamed it on the the snake and convinced Adam, who was innocent, of course, because he was just a man. And so they don't have any penance for doing what they did, even though they lied to God, too. uh, That that now all women for the rest of eternity have to have pain in childbirth and during menstruation because of that. That's a story you tell children. The boogeyman's going to come get you. And if you're a little girl... Because you don't want your little daughter to get raped. You tell her a horrible story about someone's going to get you if you go outside alone by yourself. You tell them that to help them so they don't get hurt. This story of, of the Garden of Eden, is the originally the story that was started to be told was the knowledge and why was it important that Adam and Eve ate that fruit because what was gained from that? Not just the knowledge of good and evil and knowledge that they were naked. What was the purpose of that knowledge? Why? Was that important? All of that was taken out of the storyline, and it was turned into, thou shalt not do that. It was evil. Don't do it. And because you're a woman, that was the original sin. So they're telling you that was the very first sin that was ever committed. And because of that, all women now forever, if you're born into a woman body, you're stuck with pain in, in, in during ovulation and or you know prior to when you're, when you're getting ready and cramping up, and then uh, in childbirth. And it's your fault because you were born to it. The sins of the mother outweigh the sins of the universe. What? Fuck you. Lying sack of shit. That little fucking story in and of itself, an adult would look at and say, this entire religion is bullshit. Even the, even the, the Hebrews, there's the, the rabbi that I got the other story from about, uh, about the objectiveness of God. that I said about that story. 
And he's and he's still trying to back up the Hebrew religion. Because that's not just a Christian story that, that comes from the Hebrew Bible. And and everybody says that. Muslims say the same thing. Everybody who's awake, doesn't matter what religion you are, they, they look at that story and they say, why is that? Why is it that the serpent, the snake, who told Eve to eat the apple, the penance, or the fruit, whatever the fruit is, you can insert whatever fruit, the penance was, you will now slither on your belly forever. Well, I got here doing that. So, so there, what, what is the deal with that? Do you, do you understand that? So why would the penance of this person who got Eve to lie and go against God's words, only penance be, you're going to be a well, that's what I am now. Because that story of the snake, the serpent, wasn't in fact that. And the story of eating the fruit wasn't, in fact, that. It was what they changed it into, tell a little truth with many lies. Instead of just taking it out completely, use for it, because they have to leave some of it in. This is the yin to the yang. You have to leave some of it in. To make a story convincing as a lie, you have to tell some truth. Why? Because as a liar in service to self, I cannot create. When I try to create, people who are in service to others see through my lie. So I have to tell a little bit of their truth so they're not quite sure. And they go, you know, it doesn't sound right, but there's some truth in there. So maybe what they're saying might be true. They have to cast a doubt in your mind. And to do so, they have to give you some of the truth that they hate because they couldn't create and make you believe their lie because it was completely soulless. And you would see through the lie because it has no soul, it has no creation in it. Therefore, you immediately go, that's obviously a lie. And anyone who tries to do that gets found out very quickly. This is why in, uh, when we're dealing with, in my psychic groups, somebody wants to, to learn uh, psychic abilities or wants to do reads to practice, in our group, we have them do a reading on three of us that we know are very hard to read on purpose. And then we three get together and discuss whether the person is legit and to what extent. And it doesn't matter if you're, as long as you're legit, even if you're brand new and you're just now trying to do readings, we'll see that. But if you're full of shit and you're making it up because you just plan on fucking people over and charging them money and getting paid for this until you get caught, we see through that, too, because you can't make shit up. And and we won't accept if you do a reading that's obviously, um, I'll get back to you and do a reading. I have to I have to prep now for a day or two. And then they're looking at your Facebook page and trying to get a read off your Facebook page. That's why if you look at my Facebook page, there is not much personal shit posted on my Facebook page. Okay, I don't tell you my entire life of what's going on on my personal uh, Facebook page. You will not see that. The reason for that is you can't get a read on me by looking at my Facebook page and then read me, and I'll know what you're referring to when it came to It's done on purpose. Okay? That's done on purpose. Right? Penny said, so true because the truth feels different. Yes, it does. And part of what we try to teach you is to embrace that part of you that is there that we all have that sees the truth in things. You know it because it's part of you. If you're in service to others, you hate the truth because it stings. That's why they say the truth shall set you free. 
and then being knighted, when you're knighted, part of your oath is speak the truth, even if it leads to your death. Because evil people can't tell the truth. They know what it is when they hear it, but it's foreign to them. It's evil to them. They hate it. They lie and lie and lie, but they, they, they spin a little bit of truth. They'll take that little bit of canker sore they get from saying that truth to spin a bunch of lies around it. That's why Adolf Hitler literally said, if you want to control a population, you lie to them. You tell a little truth with lies and you lie to them around that truth and you lie to them a lot and often and eventually they'll believe you. You can look that up. That's not exactly verbatim, quote, word for word, but that is what he was famous, one of his quotes that Adolf Hitler was famous for saying. A buddy of mine had that on his, uh, on his that, that Adolf Hitler actually said that and what Adolf's quote was. And, and there's a reason for that. So you, that's why people gaslight. They tell you a little bit of truth. And then they spin all kinds of fucking lies around that truth. Why? Because you see the little bit of truth that's in there. And so you, you kind of discount the rest of the realm. They might be exaggerating a bit. You lie to yourself. You accept what they're saying as a possible truth. And the more they get you listening to that is the spiral down in your vibration that lowers your vibration. And everything on television is programmed to do that to you unless you see the hidden things, messages that are there to do the opposite. It's your mindset. If you're already in service to others, you're going to start going, hey, I don't like this guy. I don't know what it is about him, but I don't like him. And there's just something about him that either creeps me out or he, he's saying these things. I just, uh, it doesn't sound right. It sounds bad. You get that icky feeling in your mind, right? But then there's those people where you go, some of what they say doesn't feel bad, but they're still kind of an ickiness, so I'll give them a little bit more. Those are people that are probably either you're not ready for what they're saying and you realize that as you go on, or they are evil and they're lying to you and they're telling you what you need to hear to stay tuned in. That's what, what bad people do. Bad men do it to women. Bad women do it to men. That's what these guys that are assholes, you know, he was a great guy when I met him. Always attentive, saying all the right things, doing all the things that a woman needs and wants. And then he had sex with me, and then he started treating me like shit. Because he did all that to fuck you. And once he got what he wanted, didn't matter anymore. You were a conquest. He might want to keep you around because you're eye candy for his friends. So he might still want to have sex with you until he finds another one. And he's probably doing that too. And that's what happens when you find that out. Unfortunately, though, because of the way our society is set up, a lot of times that doesn't happen until you become more spiritual and you outgrow him and realize he was never going to grow. And men, that happens to you as well. It happened to me twice. Okay, I love both of those women because since those marriages that I had, both have grown into a great woman. But that just means that, that you know, we had our time. It's over. We're not going to get back together, more than likely. Right? And, but we've grown apart. I'm okay with that. But at the time when I was younger, I wasn't growing when I was with that person. But it was necessary for my growth. My current wife we're, we're, uh, should be divorced any moment. We both got paperwork from the judge that said if I didn't contest the paperwork and that it was going to be, uh, it, you know, that was just uh, sent to us, was dated the 29th of September. So the judge is going to give the final. But it said in that paperwork, if I, you know, he's sending me this because I wasn't there in court. 
And it, once I got this, I have three days to, you know, either contest the divorce or nothing. And if I do, we're divorced. Told me, says, are we divorced now? Or did you read that? And I was like, I, I haven't checked the mail, but I checked the mail, but I haven't read it. Let me go read it. And I went and picked it up and read it and said, it looks like we're divorced. <laughs> I don't know if, if the state of Arizona has to have one more piece of paper that says you're divorced, because that's pretty much what this says. Okay. But we're still friends and we still talk, right? And I love her to death. When we were married, we weren't growing and we were, we were talking. And in the seven years since we've split up, we have both become far better people and moved far forward in our spirituality. But we didn't, we couldn't do it together, but we did sign on to be in each other's lives. I've literally known both of my wives since I was one, I was 11 years old when I met, and the other, I was 13 years old when I met. Not a joke. Not that we were married then, but we grew up together. And then eventually became married. And we're still in each other's lives, although my first wife and I aren't currently talking, because I said, here in America, I thought it was a good thing that the Supreme Court justices decided that the people of every state, county, and city should vote on whether or not there was uh, abortion was legal or not, because the federal government had decided that whether people liked it or not, abortion was legal. And so I thought that this, that this, what had happened with the overturning, didn't make it illegal everywhere, although evil people lied and told you that, that now it's illegal everywhere. And that was a lie, because it wasn't, and nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is the states that already wanted it to be illegal voted on it, and some are voting on it, they're coming up in this election, so you have a say. doesn't matter where you are, you have a say. There's not old white men telling you that without your consent that it's going to be illegal unless you happen to be one of those people who want it to be legal and you live in a very very conservative area where the majority of the people want it to be illegal in which case you move and on the other side of coin if you're a very very conservative person and you think abortion should be illegal in an area where it's dominantly people who think that it should be legal you might want to move because you're outnumbered. So if you want to live that way, you should choose to move to where those people are. Do you see? No. It should be, everyone should be able to get an abortion no matter where they are. What if there are women who are growing up, then the same thing happens that happened before. The women leave home and strive out on their own. Fuck those people. They're crazy. I'm going to move to a place where they'll allow me to have an abortion if I wanted one. And the other way around, the kids grow up and go, my fucking parents are hippies. I'm moving to a place where people aren't going to just go and willy-nilly have an abortion. Okay? You have that freedom. Before you didn't have that freedom to have the say one way or the other. It was just that way. It was forced upon everybody. Some people liked it. Right? And have you believe that it's the majority of the country? That's not exactly true. That's not true. It is not the majority of the people in the United States. If it was, it would have been voted the other way. And then when they told you, and then these evil states, there's like 25 of them that are going to become illegal immediately. That's because overwhelmingly, the majority of the population that lives in those states are going to prove it by voting on it. And if I'm wrong, and everybody votes on it, then I'm right because everybody voted on it. But if the case is everyone votes and wants it to be legal, guess what? It's going to be legal. So if the majority of the population of the United States of America wants abortion to be legal, when the voting is done, 
in a month, it will be legal throughout the entire United States. Because the people will decide, not the government. The government should not be telling you anything. Whether you agree with it or not, the government should not be telling you anything. Okay? When Barack Obama said, you know, the majority of the United States has legalized marijuana, we need to change the law, which I agree with, we should. Uh, we should change the law throughout the land, but I don't think the federal government should make it legal and force states who think marijuana smoking should be illegal to have it legal there. Because the people of those states, which are free and sovereign nations, by the way, who joined a union. See, everybody has been, you've been born in America, and they, you're, you're thinking the states are not, in fact, free and sovereign nations. I refer you now to the thinking of the European Union. Do you believe that Ireland, Scotland, and England are free and sovereign nations? Well, guess what? They're part of the European Union with Germany, France, and a few other places, Belgium, and a few others. But they're so new, they've only been since, what, the 50s or 60s? The 60s, I think, when the European Union was put together. So right now, people still see them as free and sovereign nations that joined a union. Here in America, because we've been a 240 years, everyone has forgotten that California is its own fucking country. So is Texas, so is Arizona, so is fucking Nebraska, so is fucking New York and New Jersey. We joined a union, but they're all independent countries. Okay, so would you say that you think because the United States made abortion legal that China should have legal abortion? I think the people of China should vote on it. And I think they should make a determination. But if the people of China said no, I would respect that. Why? Because it's their right as a free and sovereign country, nation. Okay? So the same thing is here in the United States. Those states which were countries before they joined the United States and still reserve the right to be a country unto themselves, the people that live in that country should be able to vote on that. I don't agree with things like a felony to smoke pot in Texas. I just don't go to Texas with marijuana. I think marijuana smoking should be legal everywhere. But if the people of Texas think it should be illegal in their state, they have the right to do that. Do you understand? Barack Obama said oh, there's more states that are that have uh, marijuana legal, so we should change it and have all states be legal. The National Rifle Association said, great idea. There's more states in the United States where gun carrying is legal. So we should, by your standards, make gun carrying legal too. Because there is. You don't know that if you grew up in a state like Oregon or California or New York. Because you think that guns are not legal. Everywhere else in most of the states, people walk around carrying guns all the time and have since the dawn of time. It's in the Constitution of the United States. But these people that are trying to control your life are telling you no. Kanye West yesterday in an interview with Tucker Carlson who was showing a picture of himself wearing a shirt that said White Lives Matter. And he caught hell from uh, all Black Lives Matter for doing it. And he said, why did you do that? And he said, because all lives matter. Of course, that's why I did that. And he said, how do you feel about abortion? And he spoke the truth. 50%, more than 50% of all African-American deaths are because of abortion. Look it up. 
More than half of the African Americans who die in the United States of America every day, every second, and every year is because of abortion. Not because, oh, well, abortion should be legal for everybody, and they're using it as contraception. It's because abortion has targeted African Americans to get abortions to keep that population under control. And people who are actually awake, not woke, know that, and they see it for what it is. Kanye West said that on national television yesterday because he believes it, because it's true. And other people who are African Americans who are, are awake and have looked at the numbers have said the same thing. Are you aware that 50% of all African deaths in the United States are abortion? Literally, the population of African Americans in the United States would be double what it is now if they couldn't get an abortion. And 80% of all abortion clinics are in low uh, 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 income areas and predominantly more, and they're all more in African areas than they are in white areas or any other race. You can look this up. I'm not making shit up. Okay. So I'm not trying to say that abortion should be illegal. I'm saying the people should vote on it and there should be some education and people that are African-American should take a look at why it is that you as one race are getting abortions more than white people or Asian people. Uh, and, and why is it? Well, and, and Native Americans aren't because when Native Americans went in to get an abortion, they were euthanized for 178 years. Okay, And they tell you that little story in both uh, uh, the Navajo story of, um, um, I forget what the name of it is, that just came out, and I watched the first season, I can't think of the name of it, which is about uh, 1978 uh, Arizona and, and New Mexico, New Mexico, with the Navajo Nation. They tell you that story in there, and they told it in, in uh, the story of uh, Yellowstone when, uh, when they were also on a reservation. Okay, They tell you that story to show you that's what happened in the North American continent. It was in Canada and the United States. Every time they went into the hospital to get an abortion, they had the, they were whether they knew it or not, they were euthanized and could not women could not have they were fixed and they could not have any more children. That was what they did until they got caught and then they just made abortion legal and then they put abortion clinics and they started telling the African race, you guys need to get an abortion, get an abortion, get an abortion, get an abortion, get an abortion. Here, there's one over here. And the reason for that was population control. Look it up. I'm not saying that I think that, that abortion should be illegal. Myself and my first wife aborted a child. Okay? So I'm not uh, this, this person who's thinking I'm better than everybody else and some crazy, weird Christian that thinks that abortion should be illegal and that I'm a white, you know, in my 50s man trying to tell all women what they can and can't do with their bodies. That's the lie they're telling you with a little bit of truth to get you to, to buy into that. Okay, to get you to unconditionally say it should be legal everywhere. That way they can keep all of their abortion clinics in these low-lying areas because a lot of the cons conservative states have a fuck ton of African Americans living there. And if it becomes illegal there, they can't control the population anymore. And that's what it's been about, population control. And I gotta shut up about politics. The algorithm is gonna catch me, and I've already probably pissed off half of you that were here, and you guys may not ever come back. But those of you who are still listening to me, if I'm still on the air and the algorithm hasn't gotten to me, I'm going to shut up about politics because now I'm getting too close to getting my ass kicked off the air for making these comments.
Yeah, it's home good stuff. All right, so I love you guys. And if I've triggered you guys and you guys already left, you don't know that I'm saying this, but I love you anyways. My intention wasn't to trigger you. It was trying to educate you and show you the reason that they've been lying about abortion is not because they think everybody should have abortion at will whenever they want. And it's not because white Anglo men are trying to tell you what to do with your body. It's because of population control of one race specifically. And all the rest of you are just in the way. And you're what the Democrats call, and you can look this up too. The, actually, the Republicans do too, but it's mostly the Democrats because they coined the phrase and the Republicans use it. And they all joke about it behind scenes. They call you useless idiots. Those people who are uneducated and only listen to their lies, they tell you a little bit of the truth, just like they did when Eve chose to eat the fruit. And then they spin a lie around that and make it look like she did something bad. Okay? And to see through that truth, you first have to start seeing the truth. To see the truth, you have to find the truth within yourself first. Once you see the truth within yourself, you will know what truth is, and then you can start seeing it without. And then you'll start seeing lies with truth, and then you'll question, why is it that that person seems to be telling me a lie with a bunch of truth? That's what they don't want you to do. That's the knowledge that they gained by eating the fruit. That was why it was important that they gained the knowledge. The rest of that God being pissed off, that's the lie. The real serpent is who they were trying to tell you that God was who kicked them out. The person who changed that narrative and the real serpent was the evil that was behind that story. Okay, That's why people like myself and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, I said it before and I forgot his name again. Uh, I can't think of his name right on the tip of my brain. said, question everything. Question everything. Yeah, and I used to say this on the outset of every show. I used to every single time, and I, got, I didn't do it for a long time. I'm going to do it again. I did it last time. Don't believe a word I've said to you. Everything that I've said to you, write down the questions that you have or the things you don't think I'm telling you the truth of, and go down that rabbit hole for yourself. Find the truth. Seek the truth. Learn how to find it. Don't Google it. Go to DuckDuckGo or one of those other places that don't lie to you, and they actually give you what's really out there on the Internet. And find that stuff or sift through, learn how to sift through the lies of the Internet. I've tried to show you that as well uh, in the things that I've said. Question everything. Move on. And then, uh, like I said, and I've said a billion times before and got tired of saying it, if you can prove that what I've said was wrong or a lie, I will put you on the air and let you tell the world that. That is who I am. I have never had anyone say that. And the only people who have ever tried are ones that just want to come on and throw accusations after accusation after me with no proof and nothing to back it up just so they can uh, try and discredit me and run away. Okay? If you can't stand up to scrutiny, then, then you can't stand up to anything. And I'm not afraid of scrutiny. I'm not afraid of somebody saying, Leo, I don't agree with what you said. Okay. Tell me why. Let's talk about that. Tell me why. Because... I'm not above learning something and saying, you know what? Wow, I was totally wrong. And I'll come on air. I did that when I was talking about Zachariah Stitch, and I took everybody at their word that he knew what he was talking about. And some guy said to me, he, he translated it wrong. And I said, do you have proof of that? And he said, yes, here's some links. I said, let me research this, and I'll get back to you. And I got in contact with him and made sure to have him come back on the show and told the world, this guy showed me this stuff, and I learned it. And I figured it out. And since then, I've taken nothing but ridicule from people by saying Zachary Stitchin invented an entire race, the Anunnaki. There's no such race that's called the Anunnaki. If anything, it was the god Anu. And the word Anunnaki means the god Anu came down to heaven. So why would there be a race of people called Anunnaki? There's a race of people called the gods in heaven came to earth. 
That's their race? That's what they're called? Are they from the planet gods in heaven came to earth? Right? So anyone who knows what that word means by the translation of that word, Anunnaki, how can there be a people called those from the heaven came to earth? Because that's what that means. Ask Giorgio Sukalos. He's been preaching it since, 2020, since 2010 when he started talking about the gods in ancient Anunnaki means the God from heaven came to earth. So why would there be an entire race called the Anunnaki now? How could you call a race those from the heavens came to earth? Well, that's not what they're referring to. The, refer the re reference is, it's very blatant what he translated it to. Enki, the God Enki. Anu, or I'm sorry, not the God Enki, the God Anu, which he borrowed from Akkadia, the Arcadian word Anu. There's a God in the Greek a pantheon that was called Anu. And he saw the word Anu next to the words Na and Ki. And so he said, well, that must be Anu, Na, Ki. And he took the word Na from the Arcadians, which means comes, or which means from the heavens, and the word Ki from the Mesopotamian language, and that means down. So he said, well, the god Anu, Na, came from heaven down to earth, Ki. So Anunnaki means the god Anu came from heaven to earth. Then now the people, the ancient aliens fans in those from the god Anu came to earth. So the, the race of people is called the god Anu came to earth. That's their that's the name, that's what they call themselves. We are the god from uh, we are the god Anu who came to earth. Hi, I am from the race of the god Anu came to earth. If anything, they would be called the Anites, Anunites, those who follow Anu, right? Like Christians, Anushtians, those who follow Anu's way. That would be a good name for a group of people who follow that person. Luciferians, they follow Lucifer. What do you call yourselves? We are the Anunnaki. We are the God who came to earth. Came to earth? But this makes sense as an adult when you hear it told that way. So how can there be a race of people called the Anunnaki when those words, according to Stitchin, mean the God Enki or the God Anu came from heaven to earth? When that's a wrong translation because the people who translated the Mesopotamian words Anunnaki tell you that it was Anuna and the word Ki. So those two words were one word, not Anuna, Ki. It was Anuna, Ki. And Anuna means the prince came. The prince, Ki, came. Royalty came. Not, a, not from someone from outer space. Because it wasn't, in fact, the god Anu they were referring to. So that's that's the, the way, and there's a little truth with some lies there. Whether or not Zechariah Stitchin did it on purpose to make money, or he was just giving his best uh, analogy, he was dead when people translated it properly. But now people say, I don't know what I'm talking about, and I have scholars 
who are scholars in the language of Mesopotamia who say, by the way, Zachariah Stitchin translated that wrong. And they're like, mm, 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 the earth is flat and there's a people called Anunnaki. And they all get mad at me. And I'm like, so prove to me that there's a place and a, a race called Anunnaki. Where did you get that information from? Because Zachariah Stitchin, he translated three words. Anu, na, ki. Not one race of people called the Anunnaki. He was talking about, oh, but wait. How it got there was ancient aliens uh, projected the, 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 the knowledge by Giorgio Sucolos saying, those from the heaven came to earth, not the god Anu. He changed the translation and said it meant they came to earth. And then from there, it morphed into that whole word is one race of people. That's how it morphed. It was morphed from one guy translating it wrong and another guy translating that wrong on purpose because he didn't accidentally say it. I watched the, the, the translation that he said. He actually says it, those from the heavens came to earth. So he takes it out from the God Anu, which is what, what Zachary Stitchin said, the God Anu came from heaven to those came from heaven, meaning a people came to earth. And then that morphed into those people are the Anunnaki. And so now people, 20 years you see it there but it's not true when you look into it and you go to the scholars they say that's wrong just like the wrong skull was on the wrong on the t-rex until 2016 when eventually someone who kept saying that's the wrong skull that's the wrong skull that's the wrong skull Eventually, somebody said, what do you mean it's the wrong skull? You're an idiot. You're a, you're a numb skull. No, that's the wrong skull. Let me show you. And finally, enough people looked at the evidence and went, that's the wrong skull. We need to tell somebody. And other people were like, no, it's the right skull. No, look. In that position, that's the wrong skull. That's the wrong translation of one of those people. Eventually, I don't know if it'll be in this lifetime, Eventually, enough people are going to start saying how folly and stupid and silly it is that the Anunnaki, the words that were translated by Zechariah Stitchin as the God Anu came from heaven to earth, became those who came from heaven to earth to an entire race of people. There's nowhere in any translation anywhere in the history of the world that the words Anunnaki mean a race of people called the Anunnaki. But yet they call them the Anunnaki. Okay off when people call themselves Earth because the planet is not called Earth. It's a translation of the word, but the name of the planet is not Earth. The name of the planet is Terra. Okay? And we are Terrans on the planet Terra. You get out this world and you say, I come from the That's like calling Vietnam, Vietnam, okay? It's not called the Nam, okay? That's a wrong translation. Iran is not Iran, okay? It's Iran. Ask them. They'll tell you, <laughs> right? So that's what you have to realize is the people who live there who named the planet, our planet was named Terra, 
long before it was translated into modern English, which means earth, which means ground. Okay. That's just the translation into this modern English language. That's not the actual name of the of the planet. It's called Terra. We are in fact Terrans, not Earthlings. We're not even Earthens or Earthers. We are Terrans. And the rest of the universe calls us that. <laughs> it is just the people who speak English who call ourselves, and that's just like our sun. It's not called the sun. It has a name. It's called Saul. The Spanish people and Latin-speaking, Mexican-speaking people call it Saul. They don't call it sun. But we translate that word Saul with a hyphen over it to mean the word sun. It doesn't. Actually, in a, in a sense, it does. It means life bringer, life giver, but it doesn't mean sun. But the but the but the religions took that as an example, and it is uh, of of the life bringer. So the son of God would be the sun. Sun worshippers worship the sun because it's the life bringer, and that is the 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 life bringer is not God, but the son of God because God created the the star, and the star is giving us life. So in that respect. And that's where the word sun came into calling that star, but the name of the star is actually Saul. I know it's I know it's pluck, it's pulling hairs. I know that. But as a scientist, a thing is what a thing is. Okay? And it bothers me as a scientist when people say something is something else, and then they start to morph that into a belief or some sort of like for instance, Elvis Presley is going to be a god in a religion in less than a hundred years. Some people worship him now. And some people believe that he didn't die, that he ascended. And they'll tell you that. And there's people who dress up like him, just like people dress up like Jesus and talk about Jesus in the third person. Okay? I'm telling you, Elvis Presley is going to be a religion if it hasn't already started. And that is because of the way people are, are treating the entire thing. So that's what the Hebrews say as an example. Elvis is what Jesus was 2,000 years ago. He was just some crazy hippie that everybody started following, and he turned into a god. And that Elvis will do the same. They're not too far off from a possibility, but there's a little bit of, there's some truth in their lie to, to prove that Jesus didn't exist. Is by saying, here's an example of the craziness of the, the one wise man who once said, if God didn't invent, uh, didn't exist, we would invent one. Okay. And that is true. We, we are superstitious when we're uneducated and we create gods out of thin air. That is true. That's why there are so many gods. The Native Americans had a god for everything. The rock, the squirrel. So the order of the religion is the more gods there were because they needed more gods, they needed a god for everything. As you come forward and people start becoming educated, pardon me, getting educated, That is the part that was usurped and turned into the caste system. The caste system was one person in charge and everybody trickling down from that. And that's what evil people took the, the caste system, which is there is only one God, and turned it into there is only one person in charge and power, and that's the devil. And uh, you know that because there is only one God, and then everybody beneath that God is in is a and that is how they usurped the churches and morphed uh, all of the religions into the ideology. 
Act, which is what we live under today, which is a maritime law of there is one person in charge who's your overseer, and they own you, and you live underneath them. Do you understand me? Do you stand under me? Do you see? So all of our vernacular is based around uh, this entire system of control uh, and occupation by uh, evil people that are in service to self. I'm going to leave you guys with that. Uh, those of you that are still here, uh, think about that because we'll get more into that as we go on here in uh, session eight session nine and ten, uh, before we start uh, circling back around because that's kind of the cyclical nature of raw and how things progress through all 106 sessions is showing you different uh, uh, parables on everything I just went down and everything I said earlier was just a parable of what I just said to you now. I just moved into the control uh, of, of, of the population in a political way and showed you the same control of evil people that are in service to self on a on a more macular scale from the microcosm to the macrocosm that is your life. Uh, so if you understood what I just said to you and you didn't understand what I said prior to everywhere in the last three hours of this show, um, take if you've got this one, go back and listen to that and put it into the context of this, what I just said to you, and you'll get all of the stories that I told you. And that's everything that Raw was just teaching in that session. All right, guys, have a great night. I love you. I will see you next week. Um, one of these days, I'll be back on somebody else's show, unless the unless all these people are, are like he's a, you know out for himself and thinks he knows everything and he can't deal with him. Uh, if that's the case, then I'll only be on those shows where, where people want to hear that, which is okay because I do what I do. Uh, and eventually, if nobody shows up here, I'll just put it out there for those people who may or may not hear it. And someday, who knows, maybe I'll just decide to do like I did in my last lifetime. And not help you guys anymore. <laughs> you know what? I'm through and I'm done with it. I doubt it because I came here for a purpose and I love this place and I love you guys. So I'll see you guys next week. Casey, I'll see you next week. Penny, I'll see hopefully I'll see you guys next week. Denise, Peter, everybody that was here. Reese, anybody who said hi to me. Share this out, share this out, share this out. My name is Leonard O'Neill. I have been your host. This is Orion Rising. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world and when in the world you are tuning into this show. This has been the, the Law of One, Class 10, Session 7. We will be on Class 11 and Session 8 next week. I love you guys. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend if I don't talk to you in the meantime. <laughs>